I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Are you fucking it high? Was- yes, I am! Asshole face man! You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) I got a whole folder full of dick pics, okay? Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know, Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. Oh, they're horrible. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Bullshit. Now with twice the whores. It's wholesome smut. The whole show. It really is wholesome smut. And it's also episode 120, can you believe it, of The Lotus Effect, which we have provisionally show titled Hyphenated Lifestyle. And, you know, it's going to change because it always does, much like the content being made up. And the show not mattering or something to that smattering. And, of course, I'm Phoenix. I want to talk about masturbation. Now we, need, we need to pot up your clip a little bit there. All right. And uh, meanwhile, uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm, 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 still who, I'm still who I am. I'm phone boy. I want to talk to you about my penis. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. This, this is a result of that. Bad podcaster. Get the spray bottle. And, and I'll tell you what I mean. Because there's something that we neglected to do that would have obviously told me that I needed to up my game and I didn't do this. Level check. I should have done it and I failed to do it. So I need I need the spray bottle because I'm a bad podcaster today. Well, I I guess we can uh, just slightly drip into it. Basically, things have been really crazy in the Lotus, and I kind of feel like we're living a hyphenated lifestyle, which is one of the show titles from way back early when we started recording these things. And it just seemed really to fit with everything that's been going on around here and even some of the odd stories that we have to bring to you today. It just feels like you're living two lives, a hyphenated lifestyle. Um, but anyway, um, so I think, uh, I think we, I think, hold on a minute. Now we got it. Uh, where did my, where there's, did my thing go? And it, there's I'm, something I'm, else I'm, we ah! have to do. What is this, a freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. Uh, I think I'm going to be sick. <laughs> Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! We're there. I just had an orgasm. 
which we've established is the way that the lotus affects Sir Bemrose. But however or wherever the lotus is affecting you, thank you for your courage and for propagating the model of the podfather himself. So if you're new to the No Agenda family, welcome. And here's how it works. We'll do anything to be rich. We are a value for value podcast. We provide you some value in the form of entertainment. And however you value that, whether it be with your time, your talent, or your treasure, just contribute it back to us. And some of the ways that you can do that are by going to lotuseffect.show and clicking on the green We Like Money button to send us some of your gold press latinum, your fiat fund coupons, your cuck bucks, your cabbage, your green, whatever you call it. We're a charitable organization and we'll be glad to take it off your hands if your money offends you. Now, you can also do a newfangled thing called a boostagram. Ooh, yeah, not newfangled by now. Everybody knows about these things. So if you don't have a 2.0 compliant podcasting app, like where the fuck you been in a cave like Bin Laden back in the day? Get one. Go to nudepodcastapps.com or newpodcastapps.com if you have been living in a cave and don't yet have a podcast app that will let you stream Satoshis to your favorite um, show, no matter if it's us or them. It's okay. Uh, exactly. We're not jealous. No, we're not. But, um, but uh, this week we did not get a lot of the. We did not get a lot of. Um, uh, we didn't get any boostograms this week, which is That's okay. which, which. And and unfortunately, um, yeah, I, I haven't. I don't know that Boostbot is still working in our in our troll room, but I but I do have I, I have it because I'm using Satoshi Stream. Do I, we but, even know if Boostbot is still working? Yes, it is because I've seen I've seen it elsewhere. But anyway, it's not. Well, I, we'll I, contact in the back channel yeah, we'll said f- Boostbot's owner and be like, hey. Can we invite him back in? Yeah, there's some, anyway because I think there's been some issues with the with the with the uh, you know with with the splits or something. But anyway, we okay. No no drama desired. So yeah. moving along, moving along. So but what we do have is a is a is a is a four twenty donation from a Rev Cybertrucker. Woo! Thank you so much for that. Yes, uh, we we like that. So um, and then uh, you know like we talked about you know we can we can uh, you know let you know you want to be part of if you want to actually get some boostograms in here. Well, you know get a, get a new podcast app and maybe this. And maybe I'll I'll have the light live item tags set. I actually do right now. Uh, if you're listening, well, it you know anyway. Uh, if you're not, hey, phone boy, remember to set the live tags. Woo! Yes, that deserves a bell ring for you. Okay. So, like he said, if you want to be part of this Boostagram party, get a new podcast app. Go to new or nude and download one today so that you can get in on this and get your Boostagram read live and have a great goddamn time. They had a great goddamn time. Just like everybody else. No, I won't say that I um, understand everything, but it was certainly uh, different. And, oh, uh, yes, well, well worth a dollar. Now, another way that you can contribute va- uh, value is to send us some feedback. I got mail! Yay! So the way you can do that is you can send us a message on No Agenda Social, as long as it remains. Uh, He is at Phoneboy at No Agenda Social. I am at Phoenix, P-H-E-O-N-I-X, at No Agenda Social. You can also email us, phoneboy at lotuseffect.show or Phoenix. Again, P-H-E-O-N-I-X at lotuseffect.show. You can send us something in the snail mail if you feel like it. You take a chance of it getting lost like phone boys check to my car company. Thanks, USPS. Appreciate that. But anyway, if you want to send us something snail mail and hope it gets to us, hit us up in the back channel. We'll be glad to provide you the address. Or you can do this thing called having a rant 
And you can do that in our Duncan Hines segment, which is also where our voicemails live. One ringy dingy. Two ringy dingy. Dell Computers, this is Chip. And this week, we want to know, we want you to rant about what tech has pissed you off this week. What have you just want? It Was it your phone? Did you just want to throw it out the fucking window if you were in the car? Or hell, even if you were in your office. Did your laptop just give you that absolute blue screen of death? What tech just really pissed you off to the point where you were like, fuck it, I'm over it. Call 253-237-3321 and tell us about it. Oh, well, yes, of course we should do that. And of course, uh, now that you've gotten, now you know how the show works, well, you know. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide and say, give it to me straight, doctor, I can take it. Yeah, but, uh, you know, we, we, we don't want this, though. We don't want your shit. Please don't send us your shit. That's right. You've, if you've been listening for any amount of time, you've heard me say it. I'm tired of saying it. Just be respectful when you give your feedback, whether you tell us you fucking love us or you fucking hate us. I don't care either way. Just be respectful. Don't be racially inappropriate and just be a human being. It's, it's a real simple thing to do. Unlike these motherfuckers, our health segment is never brought to you by Pfizer. And I can tell you there is a strong reason why I'm not on TikTok. I will tell you that apparently a TikTok doctor says it's okay to be fat and that obesity should be normalized. Where'd you hear that? The internet. And you believed it? Yeah. I can't put anything on the internet that isn't true. And where did we hear that? The, the internet. internet. <laughs> so. so a doctor at Cedar Sinai posted a TikTok video saying it's okay to be fat and that being fat needs to be normalized despite obesity related diseases being the biggest killer in America. What? That's right. Here's my hot take as a doctor. I totally agree. It is okay to be fat. We don't say that enough, but it needs to be normalized, remarked Dr. Nicole Rangrenin. Rangrenin went on to claim that being fat is typically not a problem that requires immediate solving. What? Presumably, it only needs solving. Once an obese person has developed numerous fat-related diseases that greatly increase their risk of dying. Yeah, because that makes total sense, Doc. Mm-hmm. So perhaps even more ludicrously, the doctor said it's okay to not be healthy. What? Yeah, uh, that blew my mind. Suggesting that people who suggest otherwise are engaged in healthism. Adding, a good doctor will not judge you for being fat. They will not judge you for being unhealthy. No, but we're going to judge you for being a fucking idiot, lady. So, Vangrenin completely removes any responsibility from the equation. Telling potential patients, we're also here to help you if you decide to not make any changes at all. God forbid anyone end up under her care. Now, according to the CDC, in the U.S. and worldwide, obesity is also associated with leading causes of death, including from uh, diabetes, heart disease, stroke, and some types of cancers. I mean, you've heard us touting about it when we say take the sugar and the grains and the seed oils out of your life. 
Now, we have doctors speaking out against healthism, commented Matt Walsh. The medical field is determined to kill whatever shred of credibility it still has left, and it's succeeding. And I would agree. When people actually are going onto TikTok for their health advice, God help us all. Not that I believe in God, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, and and it, it, this this okay to be fat. It's like, do you do you not understand why you get fat in the? It's like nobody. It's like the doctors don't understand it. They think it's a, they think it's a you know an unfortunate side. It's it's a side effect of the of the food poisoning that everybody's fucking having because they're eating, you know, all the sugar, all the grains, all the seed oil, some other stuff that we're talking about, plastics. Oh my god, you know, it's like no wonder people are fucking unhealthy. It's it's just it's fucking frightening, and I think it might actually lead to this next story we have. I'm here for the gangbang. So social anxiety and depression have been linked to more negative alcohol-related consequences from nothing less than pre-gaming. So college students with social anxiety may be driven by social motives to pre-game, meaning drinking prior to a party or an event. Simultaneously, students with co-occurring social anxiety and depression also experience more negative consequences like blackouts from their alcohol use, according to a study published in Alcohol Clinical and Experimental Research. Okay, stop the tape for a second. So, okay, so if they're, what they're, if they're describing is pre-gaming, okay, so what if you smoke this stuff all the time? Are you actually pre-gaming or what, you, what am I pre-gaming for as, you know? This is all alcohol related. They're not even talking about the bitter. I know, but it's the same concept, honey. It it's, is it is the same concept. I'm I'm not going to disagree. It is the same yeah, concept. Yeah, it's, it's the same concept. So, I'm kind of one so I'm kind of wondering, okay, if I'm doing it all the time, what's the am I what am I am I pre-gaming or am I just doing it cuz I fucking like it? I, you know, whatever. I I don't know. It's just it was just the question I had when I when I heard that the pre when I heard that description, I went, "Wait a minute. I got to I got to see if I'm thinking about this right, you know." My pre my, my No, you're absolutely <laughs> not. You you should sit over there and run the show. I'll just read shit because you have obviously been pre-gaming all morning. That is the most stone thought I've ever heard you come up with in the middle of a show. Congratulations, you broke my brain. Second time. Don't make it a habit, all right? Oh, you do it to me all the time. It's you know, I gotta do it to you every now and again. That's my job. Breaking the balls. Breaking, breaking the, the balls. balls. All right. You know, remember sure. Sam's rule and all. But, yeah, continue. You know, the study authors recommend efforts to help students address mental health issues and their motivations for drinking before social events to prevent the harms associated with pre-gaming. Now, pre-gaming, sometimes called front-loading or pre-partying, is common among college students and involves drinking prior to a social event. Typically, where more drinking will take place, it often leads to heavier drinking on days when students pregame and puts students at higher risk of academic and interpersonal problems, injury, <coughs> sexual or physical assault, driving while intoxicated and blacking out. See, I, 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 I have a problem here that blaming drinking for a sexual assault. How fucking very dare you motherfuckers. That is the shittiest thing I think I've heard put in print. I'm not going to go on a rant, even though y'all love Phoenix rants. I'm not going to go on a rant. I just want to say that is one of the shittiest things I've ever yeah, heard that put is in pretty. Print. Fu- that is pretty fucking disgusting, I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. 
So for this study, researchers examined how college students' mental health and motivations for pre-gaming were associated with pre-game drinking behaviors and related negative consequences, including blackouts. So 500 college students completed self-assessments of social anxiety, depression, and motivations for pre-gaming, which included to meet new friends, hook up, control the kind of alcohol they drink, and because they may not be able to drink at the subsequent event. Based on their responses, they were grouped into one of four profiles. One of the participants, or of the participants, 59% were categorized as having mild to moderate social anxiety and depression symptoms and moderately motivated to pregame. 13% were categorized as having minimal social anxiety and depression symptoms and low pregaming motivations. 16% had subclinical elevated social anxiety and depression symptoms and high pre-gaming motives. And 12% had clinically elevated social anxiety and depression symptoms with moderate motives. What are moderate motives? I, I'm actually curious. Do they about, ever define that? I don't think no, so. No, I don't think so. I might have to, I'm going to write it down as a potential show title though. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So the clinical or the subclinical elevated social anxiety and depression symptoms profile reported the highest frequency of pre-gaming and the highest number of past month drinking related consequences. They reported on average of three and a half alcohol induced blackouts in the prior 30 days, significantly more than any other group. This group also reported more motivations for pre-gaming than any group, particularly for social motivations. The group assessed to have minimal social anxiety and depression symptoms had significantly lower calculated blood alcohol levels and reported the fewest alcohol-related consequences of all the groups. Now, this profile still attained risky blood alcohol levels and reported five drinking-related consequences in the past month. The group with clinically elevated social anxiety and depression symptoms reported the second fewest consequences of the four groups. Participants in the mobile phone-based study were full-time undergraduate students at a single, large, private U.S. university. Okay, honey, I gotta, I gotta ask you, what is that? What's, oh. the, what's, the, what's, the, what's the statistical term for that? Uh, bullshit? Well, that, well... It's it, bias. Well, no, 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 it's, it's a convenience sample, honey. Oh, yeah, it's totally a convenience sample, but it's also a bias because of the fact well, that... Well, yes, of course. Just because they are doing it well, I'm, for any of it. Just because you take a step doesn't mean you're being honest. Well, that's that's what slays me about these is if you actually had a way to test the honesty rating of these, you'd have, I believe, to be vastly different results. Well, exactly, because, of course, we know people like to lie, you know, people like to lie on these surveys and they don't they don't accurately resent themselves because they have no way to verify what the person says. Right. Yeah. It's like I'm going to go up to somebody and say, yeah, I'm a fu yeah, I fucking drink and smoke and da, 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 da. You know, I'm not going to fucking do that. You know, what the hell? You know, no, not even asked. I'm sorry, but I've had like when I've gone to get my uh, my license for a handgun, you know, it asks if you've ever used illicit substances or whatnot. And it's like, who the fuck in their right mind is going to be like, oh, yeah, I, I smoke pot in my off time. Or, oh, yeah, I like to drop acid now and again. Look, man, if you're a well-balanced human being, um, you can still do all that shit and still safely own a weapon and not have to worry that you're going to grab that yeah. weapon 
and go blazing wild west. I'm just saying. So now, of course, they also don't say what the single large private university is, but I'm sure that of course if it was, if it was anything like the one I went to. Yeah. Alcohol poisoning was pretty, a pretty common occurrence. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at that. <clears throat> yes. No. So I, but I think we should probably move on to the next story because there's a million people in England that are living shorter lives than they should. There, There is. But I do want to point one okay. other thing about this that. The And here is where the bias also shows is that the sample were predominantly white, cisgender and female. And that is just really biased on such a huge level. Yeah. Like guys don't have these issues as well. And not only that, people of color, I guarantee you that, oh, wait, this is one of those large, private, prestigious universities. Never mind. People of color aren't able to go there. Uh, there you go. Well, okay. Well, then, I, I yeah, we probably should. But where we need to go is to this next story in England about the fact that a million people in England are living shorter lives than they should, according to a report. Warrior, your life force is running out. Yes, I had to actually explain to a Phoenix uh, that game. It says the, the sadly, yes, I was not on. A computer nerd back in the yes. day when that was popular. Yes. Well, yeah. I actually, I actually remember that they had a gauntlet machine in the in the basement of of the of the local of our of our local uh, gaming shop. Um, um, I forgot the name of it, but in uh, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was it was definitely something of that of that thing. So um, now a new report from the UCL Institute of of Health of Health Equity or IHE has confirmed that a million people in ninety percent of areas in England live shorter lives than they should have between 2011 and the start of the pandemic. The number of lives shortened is equivalent in size to the whole of Birmingham and some uh, 984,333 people. That's you know, kind of a magic number there. Or in Edinburgh and Glasgow together, a million or a third of Wales, 3,136,000 or half the population of Northern Ireland, which is 1,885,000. Now, well-established evidence confirms most of our health is determined by our social circumstances and NHA. And NHS, or the National National Health Service, uh, can only can only uh, yeah. I, I, found, I, I ran into that bug that you that you ran into as well with the with the with the dock jumping up. <laughs> I was trying to fix that myself in the dock, and but 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 an NH, the NHS only care care only accounts for twenty percent of the population health. Now, in contrast to the traditional focus on the health of the poorest, the new report Health Inequities Lives Cut Short considers the life expectancy of ninety percent of the general population who do not live in the 10% of the wealthiest areas. Now, <clears throat> using uh, several published uh, ONN uh, or ONS data sources, the IHE made these calculations from the number of excess deaths, in other words, the increase beyond those expected on the basis of, of uh, death rates for the most advantaged 10% of the decade from 2011 in England. Now, previous research has shown that pre-2010 governmental policies were beginning to close the health inequities gap. Such policies included coordinated investment in the early years, education and neighborhood renewal, as well as health care. However, the new findings from the IHE add weight to its two reviews of the inequities in 2020, 10 years on review and COVID-19 review, that, that the cumulative impact of regressive funding cuts associated with austerity contributed to life expectancy falling to in, failing to increase life life expectantly failing uh, for women for falling for women in 10% of the poorest areas and health inequities widening. Now the UCL IHE director, professor, Sir Michael Marmot, whose work on the social determinants of health spans for more than 50 years and has chaired numerous reviews of health inequities at global, regional, national, and local levels said, if you need 
needed a case study example of what not to do to reduce health inequities, the UK provides it. The only other developed company, co- company, yeah, that, that, that country uh, doing it worse is the US, where life expectancy is falling. Yes, apparently we're not. I'm yeah. not saying a word. I, I, I don't have the clip immediately available to say, fuck Joe Biden. Yes. So. Um, so the report found that one million of, of, of the one million people who died prematurely, 148,000 of them were additional to what might have been expected if the post 2010 austerity measures hadn't been imposed. Additionally, in 2020, during the pandemic, inequity between the least and most disadvantaged 10 percent of areas contributed further 28,000 excess deaths when compared over the previous five years. Well, yeah, excess death is a good way to kind of it's, that is actually not a terrible statistic to find out if something is possible might have some impact. Uh, impact on the on the overall population not like a COVID-19 vaccine but what do I know well speaking of COVID-19 this next story about mobile phone studies that shed light on unhealthy food consumption disparities during COVID-19 might be interesting to some people wizard Needs food badly. Yes, I, I found I actually found a YouTube video that had all the the, the little those the little sayings or whatever, and I, you can kind of splice, splice them and dice them together. I always thought it was a, but uh, yes, yeah, so that, that I love stuff like that. So this I figured this was a good one for for this clip too. So a study published in Health Data Science reveals critical insights into socioeconomic disparities and unhealthy food reliance using novel mobile phone data analysis, which it still sounds like bullshit to me. Now the study led by researchers Charles Alba in Rupang An from Washington University in St. Louis. Well, it could be interesting. Marks a significant departure from traditional survey-centric approaches, offering a more dynamic nationwide perspective. Now, Alba, a doctoral student, notes, our analysis utilizing mobile phone data provides a unique lens to understand existing disparities in unhealthy food consumption, particularly among racial minorities and low-income households. Now, the study's innovative methodology differs from conventional surveys capturing real-time data across a vast geographical scope. On and it's and is that yeah, it's it's a n yeah that's that's what it is associate associate professor at Washington University emphasizes the study's contribution to a broader understanding of COVID 19s impact on these disparities. Now our work extends beyond static information, offering a comprehensive understanding of how the pandemic has intensified unhealthy food reliance, especially among social economically vulnerable communities. Now. In analyzing over 800,000 establishments across 3,141 U.S. uh, counties, the researchers uncovered that COVID-19 has exacerbated convenience store reliance, particularly in Hispanic-majority counties and areas with older populations. Now, this trend highlights increasing disparity in both convenience stores and fast food dependence. The study's unique contribution lies in its threefold approach, leveraging mobile phone data to address built environment inequities, bridging the gap in understanding COVID-19's impact on socioeconomic disparities, and providing a nas- national level analysis, a significant extension from the typical local or state level focus on existing literature. Now, Alba says our findings underscore the need for resilient and equitable food environments in the post-pandemic era. We aim to inform policy stakeholders about these critical disparities and foster more equitable food access for all. Now, you know, it's funny because this, I know this topic, uh, I, actually, I think they covered this topic years ago on Mo, on, on, on Mo Facts. I think it actually came up because, because as you know, Mo is a, is a, is a black man and Adam is, a, and, and so they have the, they have these discussions and, and yeah, they have real talk. It's very interesting to listen it's to. It's really, yes. Uh, so when we listen to this, we, we, um, 
yeah, but but I but I still think that this that that yeah, it is true that yeah, obviously they're going to go to what they can get to. But at the same time, even if you try to make these things available, I mean, you have to take a real concerted effort. And yes, that does mean that maybe some of that stuff does have to come down in price or whatever. But it's it's yeah, I mean, there's there's it's something much to it. like Kroger did in that store my friend worked at in Knoxville, where they took the fresh bar out and put in a fried food hot bar. And the demographic there is very minority. There's a lot of Mexican and African-American and other minorities in that area that shop there. It's, you know, kind of target audience, but I feel like they're being targeted, if you know what I mean. It's it's just really gross. And, you know, this, this shit food could actually also probably be involved with this next story about the plastic chemical chemicals that are causing infertility and diabetes being found widespread in common food items. You, you might die. Yeah, well, you probably die eating the food. But now many of the foods consumed by Americans are contaminated with harmful plastic chemicals that contribute to health complications like diabetes, cardiovascular disorders and infertility, said a, rep a recent report by the nonprofit group Consumer Reports. I used to get their magazine. It's, a, it's worthwhile. Now, Consumer Reports tested 85 fo food items from 11 categories, beverages, canned means, economists, dairy, fast food, grains, infant food, meat, poultry, packaged fruits and vegetables, prepared meals and seafood, according to the Jan January 4th report. Now, researchers examined the presence of plasticizers, a chemical used to boost the durability of plastic. Now, the group analyzed two to three samples from each food item looking for two types of common plasticizers, bisphenols and phthalates, as well as some other of their substitutes. They found these chemicals remained widespread in our food products despite growing evidence of health risks. Consumer Reports discovered that 79% of tested samples had bisphenols, while 84 out of 85 items had phthalates. Uh, Exposure to such plasticizers can cause severe health issues, like, for example, in children, a bisphenol A or BPA exposure can negatively affect the brain and prostate glands as well as their behavior. BPA has also been linked with type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular diseases, and high blood pressure. Okay, oh fuck. I was hot, Mike didn't even know it. So hold on a second. This just made me think for a moment. We've been talking a lot about cutting sugar out because sugar contributes to all of the things that phone boy just mentioned what if the sugar in combination with these particular plastic bad boys is amping up what is really going on well yes and and i and and yeah not only that i mean it's 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 uh it's it, there, there, you understand why i do not like microwaving stuff in plastic it's just it is 100 percent. yeah so uh because i know that that it, it's always given off and certainly it also stains in some of them too you know especially some mm -hmm. you know so um so uh let's see and, and then bpa has also been linked with type 2 diabetes cardiovascular diseases and high blood pressure well you know and, and phthalates have been associated with obesity type 2 diabetes lower sperm motility and concentration early puberty in girls and cancer now both <coughs> and it's quite interesting because i know that i was recently having a conversation with empress emily m who i do who i do a show with on monday morning 7 a.m coffee and chronic so that's 7 a.m. Central. Check it out. But we were talking about the fact that girls are starting their cycles earlier and earlier. So it's interesting that this plastic phthalates and the BPAs and all that, this could really be a 
large contributor to why that is occurring. That's really frightening to think about. Yes, it is. Um, but uh, so let's see. Bo- both bisphenols and phthalates have been shown to be endocrine disruptors, meaning they can interfere with the generation and regulation of hormones. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Yeah. Disruptions to hormone levels can lead to cardiovascular disease, infertility, diabetes, and uh, neurodevelopmental disorders. Um, Exposure to these chemicals can come from the environment, food, and packaging, right from the dust in the house to the printed receipt from a grocery store. Consumer reports found that the levels of BPA and other bisphenols were notably lower compared to when the group last tested for BPA in 2009. This suggested that we're at least moving in the right direction on bisphenols, said James E. Rogers, who oversees the product safety testing at, at, at Consumer Reports. However, there wasn't any good news on phthalates. Not only were they present in almost all foods, but their levels were also much higher compared to bisphenols. Now, consumer reports pointed out that the regulators from the European Union and the United States have set a threshold for BPA in some of the phthalates. Now, none of the 85 food items exceeded these limits. However, that doesn't mean these tested foods are safe for consumption. Um, Yeah, many of these thresholds do not reflect the most current scientific knowledge and and may not protect against all potential health effects, said said, uh, Tunde Tunde, uh, uh, Akinley, the CR scientist who oversaw the test. Now, we don't feel comfortable saying these levels are okay. They're not. Uh, Now, for instance, some studies associated high blood pressure, insulin resistance, and reproductive issues with phthalates, even when the levels of the plasticizer was below the threshold set by the European and American authorities, Consumer Reports noted. Now, because people can be exposed in a wide range of ways, it can be difficult to quantify a safe limit for the chemicals in any single food. Now, the more we learn about these chemicals, including how widespread they are, the more it seems clear that they can harm us even at very low levels. That's because they're in it because they're in everything like sugar. Yeah, pretty much. And of course, you know, if you're having exposure to these and you're eating all the sugar and you're eating all of the garbage food, well, you're probably going to end up needing to go to a pharmacy. And I don't know if the uh, if Rite Aid is that pharmacy because the FTC just hit the Rite Aid pharmacy chain with a five year facial recognition tech ban. You are being watched. The government has a secret system, a machine that spies on you every hour of every day. Yeah, I love the opening to person of interest. Uh, um, Facial recognition tech works best on white male faces. Now, white males have historically been the immediate beneficiaries of public policy, as well as those put in place by private companies. And I say historically, but this disadvantage situation is mostly proven incapable of being disrupted by tech advances. Now, facial recognition tech has taken an existing problem and made it worse by providing those utilizing the tech with a thin layer of plausible deniability. Now, fortunately, some public entities have taken steps to mitigate the tech washing um, of bigotry by doing about uh, doing about the only thing they can, banning the use of facial recognition tech by government agencies. Now, it's a bit trickier when it comes to private companies and their use of the tech. But if they're careless enough, they too can find themselves targeted by regulators. And that's exactly what happened here, because the Federal Trade Commission is seeking to ban retail pharmacy chain Rite Aid from using facial recognition tech for the next half decade. Um, the FTC's press release states that this this is though it's a foregone conclusion, but the proposed settlement hasn't even been approved yet. Now, but what's given what's detailed in the FTC's complaint, Rite Aid would be wise to settle rather than angle for something a little more lenient. The pre-existing problems in facial uh, recognition tech, i.e., its inability to identify minorities and women as accurately as it identifies white men, were made worse by the actions of Rite Aid employees, supervisors, and executives. <clears throat> now, the complaint 
digs into Rite Aid's reliance on facial recognition tech to do all the things listed above over a period of eight years, from 2012 to 2020. Now, the pharmacy chain obtained the tech from from two third-party vendors and deployed it in several major cities. It did not, however, feel any any, uh, compunction to inform Rite Aid customers uh, this technology was, in fact, being used. And, in fact, it forbade employees from revealing the use of the tech to customers or members of the press. That's illegal. Yeah. Internally, the company was doing much uglier things with the faulty, unproven tech. It, it liked what it had had and pushed employees to label as many customers as possible as probably suspicious. Now, since there was a concerted push to fill its uh, private stash with pictures of alleged thieves, Rite Aid employees used whatever they could get their hands on to satisfy their higher-ups' desire to, at least internally, give the impression Rite Aid stores were overrun with criminals. Uh, so... Um, and, and these images were apparently retained indefinitely. Since customers were not being told their images were being used to populate an ex- extra-large suspect list, there's no way to challenge being enrolled by a Rite Aid employee. The facial recognition system was live. As customers were were captured on camera, real-time matches were made using the tens of thousands of often low-quality images in Rite Aid's database. Now, alerts were sent to managers and employees on their Rite Aid-issued phones. Now, supposedly false positives were limited by a confidence score that expressed the text degree of confidence in the match. A higher score meant a better match. Again, supposedly. But this, this, is the, this part of the system was never rolled out to the people who acted on these matches. Store employees generally did not have access to the confidence scores generated by the tech, which often resulted in every match, no matter how questionable being treated by the frontline workers as a definitive indication of guilt. Exacerbating the problem of the bloated enrollment database employees were pressured to create was the software's inability to deliver competent matches, much less confident ones. Now, according to the FTC complaint, between December 19 and July 2020, Rite Aid's facial recognition technology generated over 2,000 match alerts that occurred within a short time of one or more other match alerts to the same enrollment in geographically distant locations within a short period of time, such that it was impossible or implausible that the same individual could have caused the alerts in the different locations. For example, for a particular enrollment image that was originally captured at a Los Angeles store, Rite Aid's facial recognition technology generated over 30 match alerts in New York City and Philadelphia between February 2020 and July 2020. Now, the matches in New York and Philadelphia all occurred within 24 hours of the alert generated in Los Angeles, a time and place impossibility that strongly suggests every one of those masters was a false positive. You don't know. That person could have hopped a plane and been in all three places. You never know. Yeah. Now, the FTC points out that Rite Aid did perform a cursory review of the tech and its upsides, downsides before deploying it. But that review surfaced only one problem Rite Aid actually cared about. Now, an an internal presentation advocating expansion of Rite Aid's facial recognition program following Rite Aid's pilot Deployment of facial recognition technology identified only a single risk associated with the program, media attention and customer acceptance. Well, you know, they might have they might have paid attention to that. And clearly, uh, yeah, I guess they're right. You know, they were right to raise that as a concern. Now, the irony, there's definitely irony to this, and it's going to be a bit more tricky to slide this past customers now that it's receiving plenty of media attention. And in fact, it will be impossible Uh, when the ban is lifted. Rite Aid will be required to conspicuously post notification of its use of facial recognition tech in its stores as as well as to notify customers who have been enrolled by Rite Aid employees. And it's going to continue to be closely watched by regulars because this isn't its first front end with the FTC. Yeah, you know, it's definitely say no to Rite Aid and say no to this tech. And I'm telling you, I think we're going to see some uh, lawsuits, personal lawsuits come against this corporation. I would not be surprised if this is the next wave of 
bankruptcies we're going to start seeing is these um, tech giant, uh, or not tech giant, I'm sorry, uh, pharmacy giant pharmacies, one by one, picked off by the most stupid bullshit. And speaking of pharmacy, Kelly Clarkson apparently has been crediting her recent weight loss with these five things. And surprisingly, one of them is actually not Ozempic. Yeah, so Kelly Clarkson recently revealed some of the health and well-being techniques that have helped her lose weight. In an interview with People, the singer and daytime talk show host said she had dropped weight as part of a new well-being routine. Now, walking, eating a healthy mix of foods, and enjoying occasional treats are among some of the methods she's used to shed pounds. Now, the singer also says she's used infrared saunas and cold plunges. Now, walk, walking in the city is quite the workout. I'm really into in, infrared saunas right now, and I just got a cold plunge because everybody wore me down, she said. Uh, now... I dropped the weight because I've been listening to my doctor. A couple of years I didn't, she continued. And 90% of the time, I'm really good at it because I'm really good at it because a protein diet is good for me anyway. I'm a Texas girl, so I like meat. Sorry, vegetarians in the world. Now, uh, throughout her new healthy regime, it seems that, uh, or regime, regiment, there we go, that, that was the word. It seems Clarkson also had been making room for occasional indulgences. I still splurge. The other night, I had a frozen yogurt with my daughter, and it was magical, she shared. Now, here we get to the what the experts uh, take on this and this uh, and the five things Kelly Clarkson credits with helping her lose weight and, and their overall effectiveness. First, we'll address the topic of uh, infrared saunas. Now, uh, infrared saunas use light rays, mainly, mainly red light, to create heat directly on your body. And they're a great way to encourage sweating, which is one of the ways our bodies detoxify. It's actually... Um, you know, it's, it's certainly not a magic standalone weight loss tool because if you do lose weight, you lose water weight primarily, and, that, and, and you need to be hydrated when you're losing weight. So certainly it's going to help you maybe purge some toxins out of your system. And then, you know, of course, you go with the other extreme and go with cold plunges. Now, apparently it's not just Kelly Clarkson that loves them, and so does TikTok, but can it really lead to weight loss? Now, the purported pathways this may occur are twofold. Now, one, the shivering of the skeletal muscle in response to cold, this burns calories. And two, the increased activity of brown fat, a metabolically active fat that uses a lot of calories to keep the body warm. Now, cold plunges are good for other reasons because, again, they help you become more resilient to some of these things. And so that's actually not a bad, uh, you know, it, it, that's, I mean, that's what, you know, Wim Hof is, you know. I was going to say, Wim Hof motherfucker. Yeah, Wim Hof motherfucker. Now, the one thing they listed, they also list walking in here, and I think pretty much everybody can agree that that uh, sitting is the new smoking. Uh, I think that's that's the phrase I've heard. So, yeah, get get out and go for a walk. It's probably not a bad idea for you. Now, now this, of course, the article says eating a healthy mix of foods. Now, Clarkson says she has a protein-rich diet, and she's definitely a meat eater. Now, she could be eating all kinds of other stuff, too, and that's probably, you know, they didn't, of course, they, you know, they, they have their bullshit in the article. And then, you know, allowing yourself occasional treats. And this is where, this is where I kind of, I kind of go, uh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, they, when, you know, we talk about life and the living, right? If you're going to have a treat, it better be fucking worth it, right? It, and not 20% of the time, for damn sure. Yes. So this is, you know, and, and of course the article sponsored by Noom. I mean, what more do you need? I mean, and there's, yeah, I, that I'm the one who actually took this article and could not help, but put that little jab in there because you've heard us shit on Noom numerous times because of the fact that it's all a bunch of lies and bullshit. And I'm pretty sure that Vinny is the one you hear us talk about Vinny Tordich all the time. I believe he's the one who gets the correspondence from the person who works at Noom and has, 
told him the tactics and the utter bullshit that's going on behind the scenes, which I think is fantastic. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, but meanwhile, uh, this, uh, this next, uh, well, this, this next mother daughter combo, it's, it's amazing because this mother probably tried Noom as well, because there is a mother who actually encouraged her teenage daughter to take Wagovi. Yeah, so Jillian's oldest uh, child, Lucy, had difficulty maintaining a healthy weight her entire life. Uh, and I know that uh, feeling. <laughs> My husband and I exercise regularly. We're very athletic, and we understand how diet and exercise can make your life better. We felt we were good examples in life for that, so it was very difficult to watch this happen for years without being able to stop it, uh, Jillian said. Now, now they witnessed their daughter's experience fat shaming from friends, coaches, and other adults. And you can see for a teenager who's very overweight, what does what it does to them socially and emotionally and everything. Yeah. Look at my ex. Uh, you get to a point where you're like, what can you help? What, what can help this person realize there is another life out there? Said Jillian. And over the years, they stressed how eating nutritious foods and exercising could help Lucy become healthier during the pandemic. Their concerns about her living with obesity heightened due to the fact that obesity was a risk factor for severe illness from COVID-19 or pretty much any fucking disease for that matter. Now throughout Lucy's adolescent and teen years, Jillian and her husband connected her with a nutritionist and offered to pay for a meal plan, personal trainer, a gym membership and we're also probably all feeding her the same stupid advice that we know doesn't fucking exactly work. right now <clears throat> so um now, in 2022, while on a walk with her friend, Dr. Angela Fitch, an obesity specialist, Jillian shared how she was at a, at a loss for helping Lucy lose weight. Now, Fitch informed her that the anti-obesity GLP-1 medication Wegovi was approved to treat overweight and obesity for people over 12 years old. Now, I was 100% not looking for a medication to change your life. I was hoping it would just happen naturally, either through exercise or changing her diet or both, said Jillian. Now, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe teach her the right diet. Now, when she uh, when she uh, told Lucy about the medication, Jillian expected her to resist as she did with lifestyle options. But to her surprise, Lucy showed interest. Well, of course, you know that we all like that silver bullet solution, right? Uh, of course. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, so um, the, the so that you know the in November of 2022, then 18 year old Lucy started taking Wegovi prescribed through uh, uh, through a known well where where Finch is the chief medical officer and the, the medication is covered under Lucy's parents' insurance. Well, lucky her. Uh, the late the data shows that people are able to do better with medication than they are without medication. That's true of a lot of diseases, asthma, depression. Fish, uh, Fitch said it's just for centuries we blame people for not being able to control their disease state. Uh, with only their willpower. What we determine, what we determined is you can't control biology with willpower. Always. It's challenging to alter biology. Well, Oh, ma- oh, 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 don't make me do it. I'm going to do it. <clears throat> Bullshit. Yes, but we are living proof that that is flaming stacks of bullshit. It literally comes down to decide. You're not going to eat the shit that's keeping you fat. Decide you're going to think for yourself and not be one of the masses and one of the brainwashed that thinks that the government is still my friend and they're there to help me and I need to follow all their nutrition guidelines because they're the ones in charge. Do you want a gold star too? Now get the what clip ready, and I think you'll know when I when when to play it in the in the, in the, in the script here. So, um, 
So, in fact, 20, of the 22 percent of people 12 to 19 years old with obesity, research shows that most won't be able to manage the condition. Now, due to this, in January of 2023, the American Academy of Pediatrics recommended anti-obesity drugs like Wegovy for, an, for adolescents in its clinical practice guideline for the evaluation and treatment of children and adolescents with obesity. Now, Fitch says the question shouldn't be why doctors putting kids on anti-obesity medications, but rather, why aren't they? What? Yeah. After taking Wegovy for 14 months, Lucy has lost nearly 70 pounds. Jillian said the weight loss has been life-changing for her daughter. She graduated from high school last year and is in college now, having the best time, she said, Jillian. But before she was so closed off, it was not an option to try... Uh, to try out for things or talk to people. And she tries everything and does everything. She's happier. She's lighter. And she's a very different person. Now we've talked to some of this about some of the side effects of these drugs and adults and, and you know, in the, on this show, all of which apply to children as well, I assume. But one interesting side effect reported by Lucy, if she drinks more than one drink, she gets sick. That's a, you know, there's something about that. I mean, yeah, they probably shouldn't be drinking alcohol anyway. This is, you know, this is that. Means- yeah, that's it. Wait, 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 skirt. How old is this girl? Because, um, if she's not 21, the fuck is she doing drinking to begin with? Well, yeah, like we said, and you know, and if she's actually trying to lose weight, maybe drinking's not, 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 it's definitely one of the worst that things you can do. was what I was thinking as well, but I, I was glad you picked up the baton on that. I didn't want to be the only one over here. Yeah. This was a hate cover. I'm just going to say, when I read this story, I was like, you've got to fucking be kidding me. You have two parents who are like, oh, look at us. We're healthy. We don't know why. She's a heifer. What the fuck is she eating? Like, seriously, I get the fact. You and I, phone boy, we eat the way that we eat. We are healthy and we have essentially reverse type 2 diabetes and although we slide backslide occasionally more or less we are a model for people on if you want to naturally lose weight and not end up on insulin as a diabetic and not have all this pain in your body etc cetera, etc cetera. if you want to heal your body from the inside out like we're always saying try doing what we're doing with the no sugar no grain thing so i just it blows my mind if <sighs> Like, I get it, okay? If you have a small child and you're living the way phone boy and I live, trying to get that child to understand that three out of seven days this week, we're going to eat bacon and eggs. And maybe two of those other days, we're going to eat steak and eggs. And, you know, there is no breakfast cereal. There is no Pop-Tarts. You just described my favorite breakfast cereal, honey, both of them. Yes, I know, my love, but... Uh, unfortunately for a child, that may not be their favorite breakfast cereal. And if you look at a lot of the little fuck trophies we have running around in society today, you can tell their favorite breakfast cereal damn sure isn't bacon and eggs or steak and eggs. And I understand. Oh, we can't afford it. Da 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 da. Here's an idea, guys. Shut the fuck up and stop that. Okay? Because I've seen with those big boxes of cereal run plus the milk. You don't want me to break down your child's breakfast routine in sugar grams, calories, uh, carbohydrates. You really don't want me to destroy your child's breakfast. You just don't want me to do it. But what I'm saying is it just, this, this story annoyed the shit out of me because of the fact that you have two parents claiming that they're so healthy and look at us, rah, rah, rah. But what are you actually feeding that kid? And then just crying because, oh, she's still so fat. Yeah, no, 
shame on you for not doing right by your child and you thinking that much like most of America, I want the quick and easy instant gratification. Let's just give her a pill. Let's give her an injection. Let's do something that's going to chemically alter her body. And down the line, guarantee you, down the line, this girl is going to either balloon the fuck back up or she's going to end up with more complications. Just hear my words when I say that. Yeah, I think, but I think after all of this, I think we need to kind of go into the happiness segment. Yeah, we I think definitely I need, need, I need some to go happiness. Some home. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. That's right. A key to life. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. It'll change your whole perspective. And so will figuring out how to transform your relationship by feeling your feelings. Now, I understand everyone's shit's emotional right now. That sounds like uh, what's going on around here. So after after spending far too many years in narcissistic relationships where we frequently had to stuff our feelings just to survive, I think we've both had we both had to relearn how to feel our feelings as we as we navigate life together. Um, We found an article um, that talks about the five things that this particular author realized while going through this process herself that. And and I think it's actually a, I, I find them fairly relevant, and I think they when we can even sort of personalize um, the you know the talk. So um, now I think we have all learned um, that our emotion, we, what we've learned about our emotions, um, you know, previously, it, it doesn't necessarily work so well. Now, anger is one of those things we all struggle with. <laughs> Most of us learn through our various experiences that anger is wrong and we shouldn't feel it. Now, when anger comes up and we don't know how to hold it, we can end up throwing it at other people by arguing or shouting or keep it locked inside where we might feel totally uncomfortable and painful, or we end up having anger. And en- endless, angry, looping, obsessive thoughts that we just can't stop. Oh boy, yeah. That uh, now anger ends up feeling very uncomfortable for us, impossible to have in our bodies, and scary for us to witness in others. And it can become a destructive force in our lives. Uh, and yeah, I, I was, uh, you know. And, but there is a different way to, with emotions, and this is what emotions actually want. They want to be seen, felt, and heard, and not to, not to throw the anger at others or keep it inside to feel feel like it's destroying our being, but to learn how to feel safe with it, to know that we can feel more at ease experiencing anger. So the anger can come up into our bodies and then come out as we release it. And yeah, I mean, this is, you know, that's one of the things I've been kind of, the, the, there, there's, um, you know, I, I've, I've been, I've been, fortunately been trying that uh realize we, we talk about okay what's act what's actually the root of this feeling because it's most likely not exactly you know when i i always say it is it's not whatever i'm whatever i'm reacting to right now is probably not necessarily about what that what that is um but it, it you know there it, or it has or it it might be it might be something you're angry at but it's also there's also something backing it that's that you have much stronger feelings about that you haven't acknowledged in your life right um, and this is- but there, I, I do want to um, kind of jump in on the fact that like the issue we had earlier this week where tensions were running really high, emotions were running really high. We had some you know, disruption in the Lotus and it was basically that we needed right then and there to have a conversation. And that gave me round about 45 minutes ish. To calm down and have this conversation in between which I told phone boy, it might be a good idea for you to get stoned and I'm going to do the same. And that way, when we have the conversation we need to have, not with each other, mind you, 
we'll be perfectly calm. And we let the other people know who are going to be part of this conversation that this is going to be a conversation where everybody's going to be calm. Nobody's going to be yelling. Nobody's going to be hollering. Everybody's going to listen to everybody. And it worked out really well. And I think if more people could find the circumspection to be able to do that, not necessarily the get stoned part, although it helps, but the not immediately address something when you're really raw and angry and your emotions are high up there because there isn't any good that's going to come. There's no resolution that's going to occur. There's going to be a, there's going to be two sides. They're going to be yelling and and screaming at each other and nobody's going to be hearing a fucking word. Exactly. Now, um, and I actually learned this lesson well before I met, uh, I, I met, I met, I met Phoenix or even knew she existed. Uh, when emotions are high, logic goes out the door. Now it's like, it's, so when, when, when emotions activate, it's like a giant lens comes up and we start to see the world through the lens of that emotion. So when we feel anger, we see the world through the lens of anger, which makes it seem like there are so many more upsetting things in the world. We kind of go where our mind focuses on, right. Um, or fear. We see the world through the lens of fear and it seems like so many things are scary or terrifying, but the thing to know here is that it's simply the emotion that is coloring our vision. If we're able to work with the emotion, then we stop seeing so many scary, terrifying things and start to see the world as a more nuanced and relaxed experience. And, you know, I think we, you know, some of the, I know some, like, sometimes we take a time out to just ourselves and we're able to kind of, uh, you know, just by focusing on what we're doing at that particular moment definitely does kind of help to kind of, uh, you know, at least redirect things. I mean, Oh, absolutely. And it's funny because you were actually the first person who imparted to me that when you are all emotional and yada yada, that it's not the time to make any quote unquote life changing decisions. And there have been time when I've been really just um, beach balling on something and I have that little voice in the back of my mind that reminds me. Like if I'm tired or if I'm hungry or if something's not in balance with me, I don't need to be making any life changing decisions. I don't need to say certain things that I'm going to regret and wish I had never said. So, I, I mean, I'm lucky enough to have that circumspection and I'm hoping that our listeners at least have a degree of being able to do that because it really does help you in your life when you can take a step back and realize like, I don't need to make a life-changing decision when I'm pissed, when I'm tired, when I'm hungry, when I'm anything but homeostasis, or at least the closest thing to homeostasis you can be at that moment. Yeah. Now, number three, we shouldn't listen to our thoughts uh, when, when when we are emotional. That's true, too, because yeah, that, that we go down. I think that ties into what I was just saying, truly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Very similar. And, I, and, I, and it falls into the category of don't take it personally, especially when dealing with others. Now, we say that all the time. Yeah. Most of the time, the emotions people experience aren't related to the current situation, experience or relationship, even though it doesn't feel that way. Um, now, most of our feelings are old because we never got to process them, to see, feel and hear them. So they stayed trapped inside of us. So maybe we feel some new anger about a situation, but it gets added to the decades old pile of anger that we haven't processed. And that's why it feels so very big, so very significant and so painful. Now, emotions are yearning to integrate. They want to be released from our bodies. And so they look for things to bring them up in the hope we will finally allow them to be here and fully allow them to be seen, felt and heard. Now, yeah, I mean, I, again, as I go through this, I find stuff that I I go back through my memory banks and I go, yeah, that's something that I, that's something I felt. I never really, uh, I never really processed that. And I need to, you know, I need to be mindful of that. Um, then, and, um, 
you know, then if, then we talk about, you know, talk about each other. You know, my emotions are my emotion. Your emotions are your emotions. Now, by taking responsibility for our feelings as our own, we can move through them much more quickly than trying to work through them together. Now, we 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 we, we get to get to the other side. And if we want to have a discussion with our partners, say about cleaning and cooking and kids and arrangements, it's on the other side of our feelings that we want to do it. Uh, when the anger has released. Um, when the lens has been wiped clean, when we are uh, when we are uh, through that feeling, then we can have empathy and understanding and a much more expanded vision of our lives and relationships. And this is, again, this is something that you and I, when we talk, you know, when we have, uh, you know, we, we always we are we're always very quick to identify this has nothing to do with you, right? It, it, that we we are, you know, that even even though we are very well connected, we understand that, uh, yeah, when you when you're feeling one way, that doesn't mean I have to feel that way. Although as an empath, sometimes we we pick it up. But it's not. Yeah, and the bitch of it is, my son knew something was wrong because he too is a very strong empath. He woke up the morning that everything kind of crashed down recently, feeling like something was wrong. And even his other half had said when he walked in, like, you know, what's wrong? And he said, I don't know. I just don't feel right. And then it was later that morning that shit kind of popped off a little bit in Casa Lotus. Yeah, exactly. Now, what do emotions need? They need to be seen, felt, and heard, acknowledged. As a way I look at it, they're looking for these things, these simple things to be to be yeah, to be seen, to be acknowledged, not blamed or judged, or or blaming other people for having emotions. The simple step is just to see them, right? And we need to step away from our thoughts in this process to see that the emotions we experience are actually held in our body, and it's in our body that we get to fully feel them. And it's by fully feeling our feelings rather than by getting lost in our thoughts that we get the chance to release the intensity of our feelings. And not by not by following along with blaming and judging ourselves or others. It's the, la the last part is to hear them. Emotions are incredible guides for us when we learn how to feel and release them. They always come with guidance around our unmet needs. They aren't here to punish us, but instead show us where we can become more authentic, more in line with our values and stronger in our boundaries. And when we decide to give ourselves space and support through our emotional reactions, this is what changes the texture of our relationships. For the better, even. Yeah. And we've been, I think we've, uh, this is, you know, we, we don't, we address the, when we have these, when these issues come up, whatever the, whatever the source is, we are quick to address them because, uh, and, and yeah, we give each other, you know, a space to have the feelings and to be, uh, and to, uh, you know, and to experience them for ourselves. Right. So without judgment, it, even yeah, exactly. It's, you know, and then, so I, it, this has been, it's, this is something we have spent a lot of time doing and we're continuing to spend time doing, especially with everything going on. And, um, yeah. And I think, uh, and speaking of relationships, I think the uh, town, the neighborhood, I should say, has a better relationship with this doggo that wouldn't stop digging and ended up saving an entire neighborhood because he found a dangerous gas leak underground. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're we, we're we're of that age here. Uh, if you don't know what that is, well, anyway, a disastrous gas leak was detected underground by Kobe, a four-year-old husky owned by uh, Ch Chanel Bell, who trusted her intuition and listened to Kobe's warnings. Now, having moved into the home rather recently, Bell noticed Kobe was digging in the same spot in the yard hour after hour. She didn't think much of it, as he's an avid digger when the need arises, but it just got larger and larger. She took notice. Now I trust his judgment because this isn't typical. His this isn't his typical behavior. She said. 
he has great senses and he never digs holes uh, unless he's helping me dig. I know I knew something was up. Now, Chanel had a gas leak in the house earlier in December and seeing that the hole went under the sidewalk. She trusted her intuition to take to, to take out her gas detection device. Now, immediately uh, the reading detected gas, not just gas, but a potentially cl- a cataclysmic amount of gas. Chanel alerted authorities who informed her that if Kobe hadn't detected the leak when he did on December 21st, the consequences could have been fatal. We were told it could have caused serious health effects like respiratory issues, brain damage, and even death. They told me that something as simple as a light as a light switch could have turned could have caused an explosion uh, too. Uh, she said. Now the gas foreman and crew immediately turned off her gas and got to work on the aged pipes that were leaking in three places, and which could have affected other houses in the neighborhood as well. They were so impressed with Kobe and mentioned what a good dog he was. Said Chanel, who believes that you should always listen to your animals and their senses. It feels amazing to know Kobe saved our block and i'm very thankful to have him she added and i hope that this spreads awareness to others about the dangers and severity of gas leaks and to pay attention to your fur babies yeah yep i agree with that yeah your fur babies are definitely they're really good judge of character and you should definitely listen to their intuition because they are on a whole nother level than us that's why you should be good to your fur babies because you know what you think about them like oh it's just an animal nah bro that animal is fucking higher in intelligence and on a whole nother plane than you are, man. Just just know it. Like, be good to your fur babies. And speaking of being good to your fur babies, we have a missing toddler that was found sleeping in the woods with a pupper dog as a pillow after walking three miles barefoot. Lassie! What is it, girl? Is someone in trouble? Is it a fire girl? A drowning? Yeah, well, that could have worked for the previous clip, too. But, you know, it's not it's rare we get two stories on dogs. So um, I, I felt like I felt like the uh, you know, I felt like the other clip uh, was 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 was, you know, was was a good uh, stand in. So now after a frantic four hours of search and rescue, a two year old toddler from Michigan was found sleeping in the woods in sweet dreams, fairy dust and the two family dogs whom she had wrapped around her finger. Thea Chase was playing barefoot in the yard of her home in rural uh, Faithron. Michigan, where when her uncle instructed her to go inside and put some shoes on. Now, her mother, Brooke, said she had the instinct to go and check on her and their two dogs, a Rottweiler named Buddy and an English Springer named Hartley. It soon became terrifyingly clear that Thea was no longer in the yard, after which Brooke and Thea's uncle began to shout for her. They searched the woods at near uh, near at hand to the house for about a quarter of an hour before calling the police and Chase's husband. Now, when we get a call like that, everything else stops. Michigan State Police Lieutenant Mark Guion, uh Gian, uh, Gianuzio. Gianuzio. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You get, you get, you probably are more used to that living on the East Coast, right? Is, very. Yes. That is a very Italian name. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm going, yeah, very Italian. So in the rural area, the police put out a call for drones, canine teams, and search and rescue personnel to comb the country where, where members of Brooks' close knit community in town formed their own search party. Yeah. They were, they, they were combing the county. Now, eventually, around midnight, a family friend who was still out looking for Thea on ATV discovered Buddy by the side of a trail. He reported that he approached the dog, started barking. The still shoeless two-year-old was located a short way from the trail, sleeping as soundly as a wood nymph, her head atop Hartley's body. When the ATV driver tried to wake her up, Hartley informed the man with a not-so-polite growl that it would be rude to wake a sleeping angel. She she has those dogs wrapped around her finger, said Brooke, who, according to CNN, was in a fog for the whole four hours it took to rescue the girl on a six 
60 degree night uh, who had wandered off three miles into the woods. I bet. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't call DCS. Nope. I don't think DCS was called. And I can guarantee you they would have been pretty much anywhere else because you lose track of your kid at that age or any age. Yeah. The, that's that's not good. Y- you have failed as a parent, ma'am. Yes, I, you know, you fucked up. Well, you know, not to be rude, but yeah, yeah exactly. No. Meanwhile, I think it's time for uh, we, we, we have we've reached that point in the show where we play the cavalcade of stupidity, which we have a, a fresh one here from a uh, Sir Rev Cyber Trucker. Uh, we, we appreciate it. Let's let's see what twisted motherfucking shit you've come up with this week. Hi-dee-ho, pedalheads, and welcome to Sir Reverend Cybertrucker's Cavalcade of Stupidity! When people say the word hacker, they're not usually thinking about techno or hip-hop. Bryce Case Jr., otherwise known as Whitey Cracker, is an American rapper from La Mirada, California. His stage name derives from having formerly been a black hat hacker. And I'm pretty sure that most people here have heard of Dead Mouse. Teaming up in 2023, the two of them have managed to come up with a song that is a mix of nerdy braggadocio and Euro trash hypno music. Released January 3rd, 2023, this is Dead Mouse featuring Whitey Cracker, Anti Sec. I'm the de facto leader of a movement Screaming hack the planet back in 99 Activism in its prime Purple hell had the dot mill rooted Alphabet soup in they troops in the suits Kid kicking down doors and seizing my equipment Blocking on my shipment, sitting on they hit list Old day radical, emphatic beat addict in the stab hit I envelope the game, call me rabbit Hop to hop, I run the Internet equivocally, bitch, I be Hit him with the bite style symmetry Digi-gi, gangsta reppin' till I'm dead Steady grip Apache logs when I'm looking for the feds Fast forward, now the internet anonymous And captains of the lows both raise the mass prominent Dominant hat, and I sec on that new news Dropping tables in my sequel like it was some poo-poo Pound, damn me sick Pounding through your speakers, pound me sick. Pounding to the bleachers, pound me sick. If you're sitting below deck in the low spoke salute, bitch, and show some respect, pound me sick. Pounding through your speakers, pound me sick. Pounding to the bleachers, pound me sick. If you're sitting below deck in the low spoke salute, bitch, and show some respect, low sick, bitch. They fold your hack Sony. All right, and of course, we will play the full cavalcade of stupidity uh, in Studio 33, uh, uh, which which follows uh, follows the Lotus Effect here on the Lotus Effect stream. If you're listening live on Saturday night, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's but uh, yeah, so that that's pretty cool. I, I, yeah, I haven't heard played Dead Mouse in a while. It's, 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 yeah, everybody in the chat seems to be digging the Dead Mouse, so I'm sure they'll all be hanging out and happy in Studio 33. That's after right. The show. It's it, yeah, it's 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 you know it's our it's our it's our music it's our post show music party. You know, do we do our we do our post production? We play some tunes and we hang out. It's and the talk. best way to waste a Saturday night. You can get shit faced. In your own arena, you don't have to worry about it getting a DUI. And you get to hear the music you want to hear because you can always make requests at lotuseffect.chat 
on the IRC, come on in and uh, troll quest along. And of course, if you're troll questing, that means you must be listening on either No Agenda or Lotus Effect that stream, and we appreciate you for both. That's right. So I think it's, it's time. For In the meantime, for, it's yeah. time to get into our segment of Tales from Rideshare. There wasn't a lot of rideshare this week because uh, Phoenix had reasons, including fuck the weather, goddamn bipolar mother nature i swear to god but anyway the little bit of time i did work this week i ended up having the recruiting coach for san diego state in my ride we had a great conversation about Dion sanders and him coaching colorado and stuff like that it was really fun <clears throat> apparently there was a coaching convention i knew nothing about here at opryland so that's was apparently where a whole lot of them had ended up being. So I just happened to get the one from San Diego State, which was awesome, you know, with Phone Boys connection to Cali and all. I thought it was really special. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that. I, yeah, that's. I mean, it, it's amazing what these. Yeah, with the you know the stuff that they got to look at, and you know, I mean, they. I've actually seen uh, when, I, and I remember going to the high school football games on Wisteria Lane that that, that, that you you would see the uh, you you could actually it was pretty obvious who was like scouting some of the players right for for, for you know to get you to go to a certain certain school or something like that. So, uh, um, you know, that, that's that's an interesting. Um, it's it'd be an it's an interesting business, I guess. You know, to be in. It really is. And apparently also, uh, although I will say I did not actually see these people, but the writer that I had reported that a few of the Anaheim Ducks hockey team had been walking by on the street when I picked him up. So I thought that was kind of cool because apparently the Anaheim Ducks came and played against the Nashville Preds. I don't know how that game turned out, but uh, go Preds. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, so uh, what about the radiologist? So I have this radiologist that I picked up from hospital. I don't remember exactly how we got into the conversation, but basically we were swapping back and forth about the things that this radiologist has seen on x-ray film that people have put, well, let's just say shove it up your ass gives a whole new meaning to some of the things this woman has seen. Jelly jars, um, Legos. I always come. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that putting those things there um, will make you come because I can't understand the whole purpose, why you want to put anything there. That's an exit, not an entry. I'm not going to get into my sexual preferences. The point is, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Why are you putting things in your assholes? Why do we have to have conversations with radiologists about things that people put in their assholes? Yeah, I don't know. But I guess it's but I think we can probably move on to the to the toast and jam segment proper here. I think we can. Well, I'm a bum in the sun and I'm having fun. And I know, you know, I got no special plans. Yeah. So this is so, yeah, um, we are, of course, still looking for um 
We're of course still looking for jingles to play as a sweeper on, the, on our on Lotus Effect stream. If you're if you uh, if you tune into Lotus Effect stream at any time, there's usually music playing. Sometimes it gets stuck in clips, but that's that's a bug I'm trying to fix. Um, but uh, we do fix it as fast as we can too when we become aware. Of yes. It. So on it. So yes, we're looking for 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 those of you for the voice talents in the audience to to say something nice about us and something about the Lotus Effect stream or Phoenix and Phone Boy, whatever whatever you'd like to say, uh, you can uh, send it to me, uh, Phone Boy at Lotus show and I will uh, and uh, and I'll take a listen to it and if I like it I'll put it I'll add it into our uh, sweeps so uh, but uh, yeah so we're still doing that now meanwhile right before the show right um, so literally why we had to extend the music just a little bit longer and why we didn't at least start at 420 or at the very least 422 is because this chick is toast Fucking computers. It's all their fault. As I'm trying to plug in my iPad, which I run my uh, board off of, it's not charging. Don't know why, but the cable decided at the very wrong time to say, fuck you. Fuck you! I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there kind of going, okay, because sometimes like the ends of the, because the, the, you have an old, you have a, your iPad is, a, uses, a, uses a lightning cable to be charged and I've got USB-C on, on mine. Correct. Yeah, so I, I kind of looked at the, I know that one of the problems with the lightning cables is sometimes the power pin gets a little bit and you need to clean it, right? And I looked at it and I went, well, I don't think that's, I don't think that's happened yet. And so I, you know, I tried different adapters and stuff and, and different things plugged into it. And I'm like, okay, this, my immediate response is this chick is toast. And I went and pulled another cable and there you go. You know, just kind of a, but uh, it, it was, as soon as he said it, I was like, that's going to be a clip to introduce that particular story because fuck computers. They will fuck you at the worst time. We've had that so many times here when trying to get this show. So fuck computers. It is all their fault that we were not quite as tight on getting a 420 start time today. And that leads into the next thing we're going to talk about, which, of course, is the fact that my daughter-in-law, um, Phone Boy does a really good Beavis impression. We all know this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And somehow she had, when he did this Beavis impression, for whatever reason, she was being really off just off path badly. Uh, look at who you're dealing with here. Yeah, fair and equitable. She did marry my son. But basically, the mental picture of him doing the Beavis laugh and my face being somewhere. That's all I'm going to say. And of course, that made me laugh hysterically. And I looked at him and I said, I swear to God, if you and I are being intimate and you decide that you're going to do the Beavis laugh, I said, I'm going to launch you off that fucking bed and you're going to hit the wall. I swear to God, which honestly, I would never hurt him. I probably will devolve into uncontrollable laughter, which, of course, will totally take the mood and just Right on I forty. Yeah, well, it, yes, it, it was just it was just, you know. Of course, I had the you know I had the motion to go with it too. So you get the voice and go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so anyway. wrong. <laughs> but uh, yes, no, so wrong. Okay, but I'll tell you what is not wrong. Last night, because 
Well, yeah, I guess it was last yeah, night. Yeah, we, we, we did this last night. We So, okay. because, um, you know, we were... I, yeah, because of the weather. Because of the weather, and we were in... Et yeah, for, we, I decided that, or, you know, we or we decided that we're going to watch the movie They Live by John Carpenter. Now, if I had done my... If I'd actually done my homework, I would have had a little thing to say about it. But it's a movie that came out in 19, 1988 uh, from the... Uh, uh, starring a, a certain Roddy Roddy Piper, who uh, was a, a Rowdy Rowdy Piper, who was a, who, who was a, uh, you know, who, who was the, the main character in this uh, in this uh, in this story and it is kind of it, it kind of you know it purport it, it shows one theory as to why things are as fucked up as they are and it's because it's a fantastic theory it is a very fantastic theory and and so it is there is and you and you've seen the memes on no agenda social or whatever that the guys that you know, the, the the alien looking you know humanoid ish looking guys that, that you know you've probably seen it right um so the problem is is in this world they're they're actually like they've they're they're you know the aliens are like broadcasting things to make them look like actual humans, right? So it's a and, signal that's being broadcast. Yes, and it's also doing the mind control to keep them docile and not able to figure out what was going on. Now, so there is a um so there's there's this there's a scene in the movie right and then i figured we're gonna play a couple clips just because i because i gotta because you know I, I took the clips i mean we sat we sat there and i'm like you know about 45 minutes into the movie i'm like we need to clip that and oh, we need to go back and clip that. Right. <laughs> so we, so we decided to, uh, you know, we decided to clip movie. We decided to, uh, uh do this. And so now actually, so, uh, in the movie, the, 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 the character played by Roddy Piper, whose name I can't remember at the moment, um, he finds this, uh, box of sunglasses that when you put those sunglasses on, they, they allow you to see who's alien. You know, they allow you to see through the propaganda and you can see like the billboards that say conform or, you know, marry and reproduce and, you know, and, and, and it's everywhere. Yes. Literally, with these sunglasses on, it literally looks like a comic book world of black and white with messaging like obey, reproduce, marry and reproduce. And when he's holding cash in his hand, this is your God. Yes. Yes. So, yes, that's right. So in any, so he so he finds this. Um, so anyway, so anyway, and it's, and it's everything. It's every magazine. It's every newspaper. Everything that with these glasses on is propaganda of obey, marry and reproduce, sleep. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, he, he, when he, when he gets the sun, now of course the, he's uh, there because he's kind of a fugitive at this point. Uh, but he, but uh, the character played by Roddy Ray Piper actually comes into a, a bank with a, with a, with a shotgun and wearing these glasses. And he, and there's this great line, of course, that I think you've all, you probably all heard or seen or whatever. And it's a, uh, I think, it, I think it's a, a, the appropriate clip to start off with. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble. Yes. So um, that is, yes, of course. Uh, yeah, there's there's some shooting up that occurs, but it's a great it's just a great line. And, and yes, and, the, and, you, and he, in this bank scene, you can see all you can see you know, roughly like half of them are aliens and half of them are not. And, you know, there's some of the, it's just kind of interesting. But it's a um, we don't want to ruin the whole movie. So if you haven't seen it. Phone boy's not going to tell you any more about it, but it is definitely worth a watch. It is, although I have to, though, I, though I actually like this clip. Although this was a, this is actually a clip occurred before this in the movie. Um, it has an altercation with the police. It would be easier if we don't have to splatter your brains. Yeah, just a, it's just a fun clip. Now, I think this. I'm trying to remember which one of these clips we actually know. It, it would. I think we did the. We had to go back and do the came here to chew bubble gum. But I think we. I think this was the first clip we go. We got to fucking clip that. And and it's uh, you know, and, and this just this is just great. Brother, life's a bitch. 
She's back in heat. Yes. And I mean, I'm sure that you all are familiar. I don't think we uh, clipped it for reasons. We didn't want to step on behind the schemes, Dick. But the put on these glasses or start eating that trash can, which you hear on behind the schemes, comes from that movie. Oh yes, yeah. so of course, I'm sure everybody knew that. Now, um, then you get then you've got, you well, get for anyone who didn't. Yes. Yeah, so we also have this other. We also, um, you know, I think this uh, this uh, this is one of these pirate broadcasts that are trying to break in and and and, and uh, you know getting trying to get people's uh, get people to wake up. Uh, and this is uh, the, you know this was the the preacher and the and the you know the the guy on the television. We could be pets. We could be food. But all we really are is livestock. Yeah, and pretty much that's the way that that's kind of the way it was portrayed in the movie. And and honestly, seems it's, like what we're going through in the world today. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, it is. This is also interesting to the timing of this because keep in mind that this movie came out in 1988. How, how far off is this? Our projections show that by the year 2025, not only America but the entire planet will be under the protection and the dominion. Of this power alliance. New World Order, anyone? World Economic Forum, anyone? Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, now, of course, we also, I'm actually going to play this last clip because it's now we're, we've actually kind of incorporated part of this into the show, but I'll play the, 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 lar- the longer clip um, because I think it's uh, um, because this is, you know, this is part of kind of like, you know, how, how they how they how they sort of convince the humans to basically sell uh, sell each other out. Most of us just sell out right away. Then all of a sudden we get promoted. Our bank accounts get bigger. We start buying new houses, cars. Perfect, isn't it? We'll do anything to be rich. Yes, we will. Um, it seems it seems like it anyway. And, um, so, oh my. Well, we've got some. Uh, so anyway, we. we well, how many people <laughs> have sold their souls in modern time for the? privilege of being one of those oligarchs and one of the bad guys uh bill gates anyone elon musk anyone yeah exactly yeah oh okay i i I see which i see what she's done here and considering like i totally get the lizard people reference now when referring to bill gates and elon musk because yeah they're obviously lizard people there's no doubt Adam Curry was right once again. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna play these clips that Marcella dropped in the chat nice. just for fun. Do it, brother Beavis. Are you threatening me? You do not want to face the wrath of my bunghole. Oh, oh, that's oh, that's uh, that that is beautiful. That I'm gonna I'm I'm grabbing that one. Let's see for it. Uh, this is make sure I get it. This is yeah, I love I yeah. You you got me with some Beavis and Butthead. I mean, this is this is uh, this is what you got to do right here. Of course, why is it not why is it not playing? I said to play, 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 play. play. Easily distracted. I, I know it's because I because because you know had me had me at Beavis and Butthead. You know, it's like oh, I now I understand what she's doing. Okay. But you're literally interrupting our show. Yes, to do I Beavis know. And okay. Butthead, phone boy. Okay. However, let's go back to our show and let's talk about this value for value and federated identities thing that we said we were going to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So <clears throat> I saw a post on No Agenda from Ariner about the potential of renaming No Agenda. And he was holding a poll on this matter of what some potential names, if they were to rename it, that people might 
uh, choose it to be. Yeah. And, and so the, yeah, they're, they're we're, keep in mind that uh, no agenda social is an independent thing. This, this run by Ariner and he, he, you know, he's, you know, there's, there's apparently, I guess, so whatever's happening on no agenda social or because, because of dude named Ben problems or, or, or whatever it tends to, it, it quote unquote reflects poorly on, on no agenda. Right now, this is, now I look at this and I kind of go, okay, well, this is kind of, you know, this is the down, this, so this is sort of the downside of the open model that, that, you, that, you know, that, that Adam and John went with on no agenda, right? They kind of let it, but here's the problem. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm, I had made a, I had made a comparison of they're the ones who created the monster. Now they're bitching that it's ruined the drapes. I would like to reevaluate that and say, this is like someone blaming the parents for an adult's shitty behavior. If the parents raised that children with the proper values and that child grew up to be an adult who became a raging shithead, you can't go back on the parents for that. Not if they did what they were supposed to do. And in this situation, I feel that's a lot of what this is. And you've heard me rant about the fact before that Adam will give time on air to read letters of people being just fucking ridiculous. I've even made posts on no agenda when they don't agree with something Adam or John has said. And instead of just going the fuck away and not listening, no, they have to make a public display about it. I'm going to pout and stomp and show everybody that I'm leaving, but I'm going to watch as you all respond to me leaving. Cause I'm just that much of a drama whore. Stop it. If you hear my voice, podfather, Stop reading these fucking letters. Stop giving these trolls airtime because that's all it is. If they're really that intent on leaving, then they can do so quietly instead of slamming the fucking door. And I wish I had pulled the don't slam the fucking door clip by the Winnebago man, but irrelevant to the fact. So my my viewpoint on this is apparently they've worked it out and they're not going to change the name of no agenda, but I mean, let's just be real. Who here gives a flying fuck if it's called No Agenda or GoFuckYourself.com? We're all a bunch of like-minded people who realize the government is trying to shove it in deeper and with less lubrication day by day. And that the fucking howdy doody running the fucking government is just that, a fucking puppet who's not actually calling his own shots. Unless they're shots of whiskey done off the asses of strippers. Oh, wait, no, I slipped into thoughts of Hunter Biden and it would be Coke, not shots of whiskey. Don't slam the fucking door. There you go. You know. Thank you. Yeah. So, yes. Now, I think uh, I think we are. Uh, yeah. Like like I said. But 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 here's the thing. And the thing I will say about this is that yeah, this is this is you know part of it is that yeah we've we've all this is also not the first time that you know some other uh, you know no agenda affiliated site that was set up by a producer caused problems. Uh, the no agenda forums. If anybody's in the audience who remember who's listening to no agenda back in those days, um, this is not the first time that such a controversy has occurred. So I just kind of rolled my eyes and went here we go again um but but it sounds like it has been amicably uh, dealt with but it's you know it's and i don't blame i certainly if you know how it works you realize that 
Adam and John have nothing to do with it. It just happens to bear the no agenda name and it's something that we happen to promote, but it's not, it is not specific. It doesn't reflect poorly on no agenda. This this, you know, we're all dudes named Ben just trying to help each other out. Right. I mean, it's like the whole reason I got Lotus effect.chat set up with my own server now is so that, so that because I saw a problem and I, and I said, well, let me do something about it and set it up. And, and I'm happy I did. Cause now, now there's an alternative in case the, you know, the shit, shit, hits the fan with Kiwi IRC again, but at least, but it, you know, so I, at least our listeners are when, if they, if they're joining from Lotus effect.chat, as opposed to rather than going to, uh, to zero node IRC and logging into and, and pounding that Lotus, um, then, uh, you know, that's a, that's yeah. I, I, again, you know, there's only so much we can do with all this. Here's, stuff. here's the basic thing. Okay. If, because the name does is bared by what Adam and John have created. And I can understand them not being happy with some of the shit that's gone down and happened on no agenda. And I think Ariner would agree with the fact that if you would take a hardline stand, because you have to be invited, this is not just something you click no agenda social and it pops up like, oh, you get to fucking join just because you fucking have heard of Adam and John. No, motherfucker. You have to have an invitation to join this particular platform. In that, I feel like being granted an invitation by someone is saying, unwritten contract, I agree not to be a complete cunt. And in so, yes, you can have an opinion, but much like we say about our show, just be respectful, okay? And there's been a lot of shitheadery, okay? A lot of dickery going on, way too much fuckery going on on No Agenda Social that doesn't need to be. It's a lot of drama, boo-hoo, bullshit. And if people were disciplined, let's just be honest, okay? Since people obviously can't manage to self-moderate, how about the moderators of this shit actually do their fucking job? And if you're acting out of pocket, you get a warning. If you act out of pocket again, maybe you get bumped for 24 hours. Accountability, people. This is how we keep something as wonderful as No Agenda Social from becoming a burning dumpster fire shit heap. Okay, here's here's the thing. That's actually impossible to do. Um, there isn't it. That Why? is no. It's it'd be, it, it, let's put it this way. There are ten thousand people in No Agenda Social. Aaroner is the only admin, as far as I know. So that, that would all. So fall. find some other fucking people who can be admins. Yeah, yeah I don't think I don't who think are trustworthy. Well, here's the thing. I don't think they want to get into the into the habit of necessarily. De- they, they, they've made the, the decision has been made. Look, you come you come here. You you know if you basically if you're you know the, I, I don't think I don't know what the policy and you basically like if you're a dick you should be gone but but again i, I don't know i mean the, the, this is i think we've kind of let it just be we just kind of let it be i think and sometimes when you do that it, it, it you know stuff happens and you got to go uh, again let let me ask a question this is just my personal question but what's in a name what does it matter if he renames it if it's still no agenda like inspired if it's still the no agenda social forum it just has a different name so be it and honestly any people who have a problem with that need to look to the people who shit on it to be the ones who are the ultimate reason this is a result of that ultimately yeah so so i think marcella makes a good point it could be that you know it could be that uh that uh that the podfather is uh, purposely stirring up the drama you know for for his own reasons but for what fucking purpose? What good could it serve? Yeah, well, it's it's content. I think this is weirdo says. It's you know, it, 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 I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. You know, I mean, I I generally don't give a fuck because much like with you know Twitter, which I've never been on, 
uh, Facebook. No agenda social to me. When I remember to go on there and see what's going on. Like, I love when new people follow me and I completely encourage it to happen. But just know that I don't live my life on No Agenda Social. I actually have a real life outside of this platform. So it can literally be days or even weeks before I'll look at No Agenda because it's just not, in in my hierarchy, it's kind of toward the bottom. I mean, I love our listeners. I love my fans. I'm sure they're out there. And again, you know, I respond to all correspondences that are sent to me, but I don't live my life waking up immediately checking no agenda, periodically throughout the day checking no agenda. Did anybody favor my post? Did anybody boost my post? I don't live that life, which is why I'm no good at Facebook and rail against it, because I cannot be that person who finds it necessary to put my entire life on a social media platform, no matter who's running it, I don't find myself that fucking important. And if other people do, well, sorry for your life. Well, they're already listening to the Lotus effect, honey. Let's just, let's just be honest. Okay. So yeah, in, in fairness, like, We've already hit the lowest of the low because you're here. Yeah, because it's a, because it's a podcaster. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think it's I think it's time I think it's time for to. Uh, yeah, I'm, for, I'm, to, I'm done having for, okay, uh, but, an opinion. It's time for other people to have a rant. The world needs a wake up call. We're gonna phone it in. We went and we so it was. I have to I have to tell the story of this clip. So we were we this we this has been the hardest segment to come up with to come up with an intro for uh, that we that we've had is and so and I and I said okay we 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 kind of picked something last week I don't remember what we said but I remember what I said was I said when we hear it we're gonna know it immediately we're watching the movie we're watching they live last night and all of a sudden I heard that and I went. That's our, vo- that's our, that's our Duncan Hines. Entry. That was the ding moment. That was the ding moment. Right. So, so now with our Duncan Hines segment, which is, which is our, which is uh, we, we kind of our, kind of our food critic rant, whatever uh, we, 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 we get a, we, we, we have, we have kind of a prompt of course, but we're, 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 we want to hear about, uh, you know, how you, you know, where, where on the, where, you know, I think I, the way I phrased the, the, in the, in the show, in the show notes here is where on the doll did tech touch you? Right. And, and, and that could be taken all that's kinds exactly of, it. That's all kinds of ways. So meanwhile, I think we're going to work. So we're going to start. We're going to play a voicemail. Well, I'm sure you and I both have have somewhere that that tech te- tech touched us in the wrong oh, I'm way. Sure. Yeah. So we'll, we'll start with this voicemail. Happy Saturday. We're here. We're here right now. I mean, this is it. This is what we're waiting for. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, Lombard. First, first it was the face. And that was, and then it was the front pocket. Or pockets. It, it kind of varies. Sometimes it's left, sometimes it's the right side, you know? That, that's where it first, that's where it would touch me the second time. Now the third time, things have just got bigger. And, uh, it's on the it's on the back end. It's on the back end. Yeah. Never on the chest. Because phones don't go on your chest pocket, but you know. And uh, yeah, so that's where it touched me first: the face on the front and the back. Uh, yeah. 
But seriously, like, uh, yeah, I'm on the phone. It's like, you should always hold the phone up. You weren't doing the headphone thing. And uh, then, then I, yeah, I'd always put it in my front pocket, put the phone in the front pocket. And uh, that's how it always pretty much was. Occasionally, I'd still put my phone in my back pocket, like if I was just, like, more using it kind of throughout the day. Um, but now I just got one of these, like, uh, we had, we added a phone line to the phone plan, yeah, family phone plan, so I was able to get, like, a iPhone 13 plus Max or whatever, so it's one of those huge things. And I already got a few things that I have in my in my pocket, so I can't really put my this big phone in my front pocket for the most part, so it's always right in my back pocket. And most of the time, unless I call into vocal mail, because uh, my headphones aren't that great, uh, most of the time I just talk on my headphones, but... So I almost like never hold the phone up to my face. So yeah, let me hear. All right. Um, I gotta say though, you guys always mention like all the hate and stuff like that. I never hear it on the vote. I would, like listen to you guys as a podcast, like every single one except for maybe the last one. But uh, I feel like you guys might just be feeling that maybe on mine. But like I never hear the hate like via podcast. So just a heads up. Anyway. Alright, love you guys. Appreciate ya. That dangerous. And whether or not you're gonna pull some leaves out of the gutter, or the leaves are already out of the gutter, or you just don't care, go ahead and give a hearty. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Christopher Battles, thank you so much for that interesting take. On our rant, no, that was beautiful. Uh, okay, so I'm going. Okay, so now I, I this is where I need to uh, have an explanation here. So, um, so before the show, I, I I'd forgot. I'd realized I had forgotten. I had left the, uh, the, the the do not disturb uh, turned off on 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 the Lotus line. So uh, we we uh, so while we were playing music, all of a sudden a call comes in, and I hit the end button, and I and I and I knew who it was because you know the number because y'all because you know the your regulars. I know your number. Um, the uh, but what we had done is um, you know and and, and I and so I hit the end button because for whatever reason I was like even though I had turned it on while the phone was ringing it didn't it didn't send the current call to voicemail so uh, I was trying to make the ringing stop so it wasn't going because it was going over the stream at that point so um, anyway we so um, I had actually sent the guy I, I actually sent him a text from because it's Google Voice right so there's a, I so I went in and I sent a text saying dude I I, I sent you a uh, I thought I had uh, if it caused your to not leave a voicemail. Well, I I accidentally I had I fat fingered or something, and you know send it send another message. And so I believe this is I believe this is the follow up to that uh, voicemail. Oh man, I wasn't even listening live, but then I got a text message from you guys. But anywho, yeah. So uh, maybe I'll see, maybe I'll actually try this one live. But you can go get the flatter up and get some gutter clean. But uh, yeah, all right. All right, so there we go. But yeah, so that was a tech issue, right? That was that was that was kind of my, that was that wasn't my that wasn't my tech issue. I've oh boy, uh, I don't think I can tell you all about my tech issues this week because uh, it involves discussing work stuff that I don't need to discuss right now. But Lots of balagan involved. But you know what? I see a show title. Maybe I'll ask your child. <laughs> ask your child. <laughs> Ask your child. There you go. Yeah, I think we'll write that down. Okay, so meanwhile, let's go on to the next voicemail. Uh, well, before we do, I want to remind everyone, you can still call 253-237-3321 and have a rant and tell us where did tech touch you this week or anything else you want to rant about, quite honestly. That's why we call it the Duncan Hines. 
That's right. And so now we, we I, I haven't heard from this caller in a while. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, see what we get here. My, my, my. Been quite a long time, yes. Over two years, if you think about it. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings, petal pushers. <clears throat> petal pushing in all the right ways, I have to say. <laughs> I just called to say, I just called, okay, I'm not going to go there. I just called to say thank you. I I wanted you to know that whatever happens between us or how we perceive each other, I will always be grateful and genuinely am grateful for how encouraging and warm-hearted and <laughs> uh, welcoming that you've been to me and so many others I've seen you be towards to chat, to the show, to self-expression and freedom of thought, freedom of spirituality. It's beautiful, you know, and I love the work that you're doing. I really generally do. <clears throat> Switching to the We're sorry. Yeah. Yeah, let's do this. We're going to. That, that was my fault. I had asked Phone Boy uh, what the text message that came in was, and apparently when he clicked over, it had stopped the voicemail. Right, sorry, we'll try, we'll try this again. Many others I've seen you be towards to chat, to the show, to self expression and freedom of thought, freedom of spirituality. It's beautiful, you know, and I love the work that you're doing. I really genuinely do <clears throat> think very highly of the enlightenment path. Enlightenment? There's also too many keys in that. Yes. The enlightenment path that you are forging is very important. It's very relevant and I'd say vital, crucial even. So uh pedal push on. <laughs> In the way of the lotus and in the way of enlightenment, of consciousness expansion, of liberation of self on all of the levels that greatly aid us to be better, to develop, to expand ourselves and, and follow whatever path is right for us. It's it's beautiful. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's fan-fucking-tastic. Yes. Golf clap. Um, <clears throat> just being awkward, but I wanted to tell you that I really do. Uh, thank you so much for everything that you are doing and have done and the appreciation that you give back. Uh, also, oh, man, boy, do I know how to get through time. <laughs> Waste time, burn through. I have something to tell you. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to fill up all your voicemails. Uh, I'll tell you another time, maybe. Um, I had some really cool fucking dreams I wanted to tell you about. Sorry I took up all this, but I needed to tell you this. Yeah. Flow and grow on, amigos. <laughs> hello, Kyle. Hello, you're, you're on the air. 
Hey, what's up, everybody? Yeah, you kind of t- the problem is you could have you could have given me about 10, 15 more seconds, and it would have would have been perfect. <laughs> well, you know, and I I messaged the chat earlier and was like, hey, you know, your line's open, and you were supposed to put it on. Uh, do not disturb. He did. I reopened it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Well, that's my fault then. I didn't catch that part. My oh, bad. No. I didn't mean to no, cut no. off uh, oh, uh, the lady that was left. Yeah, I didn't you know. Oh, that was Vox? Okay, yeah. No, I didn't mean it. to cut her off. That was my fault. And nobody got cut but, off. It was, uh, just kind of, it, was, it was just one of those interesting production moments. I'm going, okay, I didn't see this on the bingo card. <laughs> just, yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, it is six degrees out here. I'm, I, I forgot to put the chickens up earlier. So that's what that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, I'm, I know, I'm sitting here doing a show, getting high. <laughs> I mean, what else do I need to be doing? Yeah. Uh, Nothing. Okay. That's what we All done. On Saturday. Please. So, uh, what kind of technology has been pissing me off lately? Um, I don't know, all of it. Um, I can't stand how addicted my kids are to their tablets, even though we try to limit it as much as we can. Uh, it's the last thing they think about before they go to bed. It's the first thing they think about when they wake up in the morning. And as soon as they, as soon as their battery dies, they come in there. Dad, can we watch something on TV? I'm like fucking no. TV's been off all day for a reason because I hate it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that and uh, my cell phone has been started doing this little thing where the screen will just shut off and I'll try to turn it back on and it won't respond. And then it'll start flashing off and on, and I have to hold the power button down and force restart it. Um, and it pops up and says it's lo- on lockdown, and I have to restart it. It just randomly started doing that a couple weeks ago. And That's it's always annoying. at the most inopportune time. Like, uh, I was supposed to be meeting the fucking, uh, supposed to be meeting the guy about a dog. No, I was supposed to be calling the weed man, and I'm sitting there trying to make a phone call. My phone starts freaking out, acting like a crackhead and won't let me make phone calls. And then when it does that, it wants to take, you know, six and a half minutes to restart. So it's, uh, I don't know, it's a pain in the ass. So all technology has been irritating the shit out of me lately. That's fair. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I know this is, yeah, that, 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 being a dude named Ben, you get more things that irritate you about technology. <laughs> That's all I Oh, I bet. I bet. You have to do with it on a daily basis. The most most technical thing I've been using on a daily basis is a tape measure, you know, skill saw, Old shit like that. You know, stuff that, you know, if it's, if it breaks, I can generally fix it. You know, it's, it's pretty easy. It's a spring or it's a, you know, it's a loose wire, you know, it, it's not some, <laughs> some random shit that the developers probably knew was wrong in the first place and set it out like, oh no, it'll, it'll be, it'll be fine. It'll buff. Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, well, anyway, that's pretty good because I thought I was going to be leaving a voicemail. Like I said, I didn't even catch the part where you said that uh, you were um, opening the phone line back up. Uh, I, I, it was um, news to me, too. So <laughs> I'm sitting here well, going. Yeah, because, you know, phone boy taught me how to operate things here. I opened up the phone lines, and then uh, right before we played the last voicemail, I had said that phone lines were open and to call in and weigh in on what your tech rant was. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was putting my, I uh, just got done eating supper. I was putting my plate up and shit. And then I 
when I looked out the kitchen window, I realized the chickens hadn't been shut up yet. So that's when I was like, well, I'm going outside anyway. I'll go ahead and make a call. So I didn't catch that part. So my bad to Vox. I didn't mean to cut off the voicemail. We'll have to try for time three or third time's a charm, right? Actually, I think there's actually there might be some. I, I have a feeling that if I if I was listening to it, I might have to I might have to play the end of it again because there's actually something in it. I think we might want to play it, actually. Yeah. Well, today I was um, cleaning out. We have a big closet upstairs in my oldest boy's room, and um, it's probably a eight by ten room. And I'm cleaning it out, and I'm going to make me a little office slash studio because. Uh, you know, a couple of clips were requested from from folks, and um, you know, I have a we use wood stove for heat, and that fan. You just I've I tried a couple of times. I just can't drown out that fan in the background, and you know, kids will scream at the most excellent time. You know, where you can't. You know, with my limited abilities, I'm not I'm not going to sit there and try to edit it out. I'll just make a quiet room and try to do it again. So. Yeah, that's it's always it's always a challenge when you're dealing with a, a dynamic environment, is it like that? Yeah, I had that dynamic oh, yeah. when we first started the show, and I was in the uh, the outbuilding that had no electricity, no warmth. I mean, I froze my ass off in some of those early episodes because it was like November, December here in the South, and even though we don't get hella winter, yeah, it still gets pretty fucking cold. So that's what oh, I. Oh yeah, you I still had, get. Uh, Moving you still get blankets winter. I put up to deaden the sound in there. Yeah. Um, and that's 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 the thing about it. I have, well, there's seven of us in the house all the time. And then up until, well, for the last, like, six weeks or in, in, um, until oh, about a week from now, um, we've had a friend stand with us and her two kids. So there's ten of us in the house. So it's, it's fucking impossible to try to record anything with any kind of quality. That's so, understandable. Yeah. But, you know, oh, um, one more thing I was going to say uh, is I noticed today, um, as everyone's having, you know, a day like that, um, I uh, I couldn't seem to get started yesterday morning. I was almost 45 minutes late to work. Um, just everything going against you. Everything's been an uphill battle this week, and I guess it's just probably in the air. Um, but I noticed you guys both that you were kind of, you know, fun boy always stutters, but I know Phoenix that you were kind of talking over yourself earlier today too. And something I wanted to maybe, uh, bring up is that, um, you know, everybody knows about like chakras and things like that. Um, your throat, throat chakra is blue. So wearing blue on show days, um, may help your orating abilities just a little bit, um, I don't know. I don't. If you believe in that kind of stuff, I'm sure it has some sort of effect. Hey, there so. might be something to that. We can uh, we can definitely take that under advisement. You know that we are all about tarot and crystals and chakras and things. I oh even yeah, have, yeah. I even have an incense so, uh, cone here. I think it's called like five chakras or something. It smells really amazing. So yeah. Well, you know, the red is the color of passion, and that's you know the 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 chakra over your organs is you know red. You know I'm. Is when, or is that the root? Is the root is yeah? It's, it's, then it's orange, isn't it? I'm, I, 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 I could be a hundred percent talking out of my ass. I know that blue is the throat. Well, the only thing is, phone boy always stutters. It's just one of his beautiful quirks. Yeah, well, I mean that's always a thing. But but it was noticeably more today, and not just the stutters. It's, it's 
it's chopping because I stutter too, but it's it's it's, it's chopping sentences and talking over yourself, and maybe you know that's what I'm saying. Maybe that would. Like, I don't know. Just, they say that if you, before you give a speech, you should wear blue because it helps to orate because that's the same color as your throat chakra. That's that's just what I read somewhere. I did not know that. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, it's about time for me to wrap it up. I only get cell phone reception outside, and it's six fucking degrees out here. So. Yeah, no, that, yeah I know that cold shit's coming this way. Oh, dude. it's. I got to work outside Monday, and the high is going to be seven. Yay! Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll have a good rest of the show. I'll see everybody in Studio 33. Bye. Bye. Later. Later, Tater. All right. So, yeah. Um, all right. So the, the phone line's open. We'll probably we'll probably close. We'll, the f- we'll no, keep, we'll we're going to leave the phone lines open. 253-237-3321. Tell us where tech touched you. Or any other rant you might want to have. And in the meantime, we're going to continue to get high. I'll take a drink and I, my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I, I like to smoke reefer. You know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not pretty much cocaine. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Yeah, uh... Tech touched me in a bad way, but it wasn't this week. It was a few weeks ago. It still counts. It almost it almost ended up costing me a hundred bucks. I had Ouch. an interview scheduled and I'd known about it for quite a while and I tried and tried and tried to get my little dipshit headset to pair with the dipshit laptop that I've got. And it would not. I did everything I could think of. I Googled, I windowed, I did unspeakable things, and it just would not work. So finally, the day of the interview arrived, and I just had to tell the woman, look, I have done everything I know to do to get this to work, and it will not. You're just going to have to deal with me talking through the speakers on the laptop, and that's it, the microphone. And she was okay with it. She says, well, you obviously gave it a good shot. I said, well, don't worry. I said, there's no background racket in here whatsoever. I made sure of that. The radio scanner was off. I wasn't running heat. Didn't need it at that point. The cat was quiet. The dog was outside. So it all went okay. But boy, that pissed me off. That could have very easily cost me a C note. No, that would have pissed me off too, Mama. That's crazy. Yeah, I know that. <clears throat> I, I think we should. So, I, I think we should touch on the. Go ahead. Where tech pissed us off because we haven't done that yet. Well, we've already entered the higher consciousness segment, so I think it's a good time to. Well, talk actually, about we, it. we'll have to probably restart the segment because then makes the time. That's okay. Is, yeah. So, but uh, no, I think I had, I had said I couldn't talk about mine because it's because it relates to work stuff that I that I can't really go into. But uh, but yes, yeah, so, but uh, yeah, today's you know the, the the yeah the tech frustrations of getting everything ready to do this show sometimes is is enough to is just left to get me frustrated, especially we're trying to get your iPad powered and. 
just like, what do you mean it doesn't work? What do you mean it doesn't work? Yeah, it's it's the last thing that you want to be dealing with right before you're supposed to be going on there is like, uh, the power source that makes it possible for me to fire clips could potentially die if I can't get this sucker charging. So, yeah, not not what you want to hear right before we get ready to go live on a show. But I'll tell you where t- tech touched me is this new thing that my phone has started to do that aggravates the purple piss out of me. And it kind of ties in with the fact that I'm eligible for an upgrade, I'm sure, because if they make my phone fuck up by all the uh, updates that they send it, I'm pretty sure that they can make me want to get a new phone. Because I, it probably happens maybe once a week-ish, where I will be either attempting to call phone boy, or it's even happened... Once or twice, but it most prominently happens when attempting to either get or receive a phone call. And it kind of always just seems to be with phone boy. I think it's happened like once or twice with Tigger, but irrelevant to the fact my phone will do this. I don't even know how to describe Cylon. It's worse than Cylon because it's literally like if you took a um, an amplifier and kicked it. There's like this reverberating sound that is so annoying on top of the that's accompanying it. It's this like, I wish I could record this sound. You know, you know, in the movie Dumb and Dumber, where he says, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? No. Okay, that is not the most annoying sound in the world. The sound that my phone makes when it Cylons the way that it does when I need to literally reboot it, that is the most annoying sound in the world. And that is where tech touched me this week because I'm tired of having to reboot my phone no matter when I've rebooted it because of the fact that it wants to do this when I'm trying to either get or receive a phone call from someone. Yes, like I said, is at the other end. It sounds like it's Cyloning, and then and yeah, and then it's usually it's like okay, I'll wait, I'll get a call back in about five minutes later because 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 you have to turn the phone off and reboot it. Although we did find out that you could ask Siri to reboot your phone. It will, that's, yes, that's right. We did find out that if you give Siri the command to reboot your phone, she will do so. That was pretty fascinating. But mm-hmm. we're sorry that tech touched you in such an indecent way, Mama. Fuck tech. Fuck computers, it's all their fault. Hey, you, why aren't you playing the clip? Yeah. Well, because I was busy. Uh, fucking computers, it's all their fault. There we go. Voice of the universe herself. That is correct. Yeah, so. Am I still Am I still going out over there? Yes, yes you are. Mama. Oh, well. Okay, maybe maybe we can, uh, we can we talk can, privately can, later. Yeah, Mama. I was going to okay. say, you can message us in the yeah, back. Yeah, we need to, we need to have a family conversation fair enough we will sometime before i go to bed all right we'll we'll try we'll try to make that happen all right okay all right love you mama uh uh in messenger be fine okay okay love you mama love love, love you mama but love you youngins Bye. bye all right there's mama t and we got it yeah so Interesting to see what's going on. So, so um, it's nice to know that we are not the only ones that tech is managing to royally buck this week. Yes. So now, meanwhile, um, let's let's, yeah, re- let's restart. We're restart our particular segment. I'll take a drink, and I my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I I like to smoke. 
Rayford, you know, I'd relax as many other things. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not freebase cocaine. That's right. We do not freebase cocaine. And apparently, despite the fact that Hawaii's attorney general sends the marijuana legislation bill to lawmakers, yeah, she's not really a fan of it and doesn't support it. Yeah, so Hawaii's attorney general is clarifying that despite unveiling a draft marijuana legislation bill in November and subsequently defending the proposal against criticism from law enforcement, her office does not, in fact, support legalizing cannabis for adult use. Sounds to me like she's talking out of both sides of her face. But the office also won't actively work to oppose the reform as long as any legislation that is advancing contains several key elements. Now, on Friday, the attorney general and Lopez, a a Democrat, mostly what runs uh, Hawaii, uh, uh, lawmakers a revised 315-page draft bill to legalize cannabis, as well as a 38-page report outlining uh, related issues. Now, this bill is not the Department of the Attorney General's cannabis bill, Lopez, Lopez uh, emphasized in a press release on Friday. Now, the draft bill was prepared to give the legislator an, uh, a legislative option to consider a draft of public safety and public health protections embedded into its structure. Should the legislator decide to legalize adult-use cannabis, the draft draft bill represents our best judgment about how to promote a legal market, minimize the risks of societal harm, mitigate damage that does come to pass, avoid liability, and provide workable tools and substantial resources for law enforcement and public health officials to promote the public welfare. What is the public welfare? I'm actually curious about that. Now, the Lopez, Lopez said explicitly in the release that the department does not support the legalization of adult-use cannabis. Now, Hawaii lawmakers have introduced legislation in recent sessions with the Senate passing a reform bill in March, but it's yet to be enacted. However, legislators and the attorney general herself have signaled that 2024 is the year legalization will become law. Lopez has walked a fine line on cannabis legislation since being appointed by Governor Josh Green, also a Democrat in late 2022 saying at a confirmation hearing last April that it's the legislator's area to make those decisions. She then committed at that hearing to leading an administrative task force between now and next legislative session um, to develop a complete regulatory and law enforcement legislative package that you can attach to any bill if you're planning to legalize marijuana, a commitment that led to the current bill. Now, this is, yeah, so there's a lot of horse trading going on, of course, with all of this. It's like, you support this, I'll support that. This is is the kind of shit that happens in politics. This is the typical shit. Yeah, so I've changed our position from opposition to to that train that has left the station, Lopez says, said at the time. So let's find a way to help you. Let's give you those guardrails that you can implement the law and the policy that you want. Well, yeah, they need to just they need to stop messing with it. You know, at this point, I'm just it, it really is getting to be a real, you know, Dutch rudder tug and chug with all of these states like Oh, well, the voter, the people want it, but the legislature doesn't. But we claim that we do and work for the people. Yeah, we all know that the thought that they are working for us is total and utter <coughs> bullshit. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, OK. There. And uh, meanwhile, uh, let's so let's go to your. So we go to a state that I used to live in, to a state that uh, you, you, you that, that you're from about. That's right. About uh, we're, we're going to talk about this bullshit. This could have been a dishonorable mention, but we decided to put it in the higher consciousness segment, which is the fact that Connecticut cannabis gifting event received a cease and desist letter. 
I object, Your Honor, and I move to strike! So in Connecticut, the High Bazaar is a private cannabis event that's been held since 2022. The Masonic Temple Dayspring Lodge in Hamden hosts these events, which in the past has attracted hundreds or even thousands of people. The event is what many news outlets and politicians call a cannabis gifting party, where attendees pay a fee for entry and can purchase cannabis accessories or obtain gifts that come with cannabis. Now, Connecticut Attorney General William Tong is claiming that the event violates state law. Tong recently sent a cease and desist letter to High Bazaar event hosts Joseph Asitulo and Cody Roberts. Our office has become aware that you are involved in organizing, recruiting, sorry, organizing and recruiting unlicensed cannabis markets under the name High Bazaar. It appears that these events involving the illegal marketing and sale of cannabis outside of the regulated market and that the events are accessible to individuals under the age of 21. This is according to the cease and desist letter. These events appear to violate the Connecticut Unfair Trade Practices Act, CUTPA, CUPTA, General Statutes 14-110A, et sec., the Responsible and Equitable Regulation of Adult Use Cannabis Act, General Statutes 21A-420, et sec., and or other applicable laws and regulations. We request that you cease holding these events immediately. If you do not do so, our office will explore all legal options. Now, not everyone's happy with the current state of Connecticut's cannabis industry. Louis Ronaldo told Connecticut Insider... Why now is the time to reevaluate these cannabis events? It's time for us to collectively pivot to a more populist solution, one that opens up the market to local small craft producers and caregivers, Ronaldo said. While the high bazaar has remained private, it's created a stark divide between advocates and politicians. On one side, we have a group of advocates whose net impact on cannabis policy has been regressive. After flaunting their exploitation of the gifting loophole and forcing state legislatures to close it, Ronaldo explained. On the other side, we have elected officials who insist on, who instead of serving the people, serve as enforcers of market share protectionism for the state's four incumbent licensed producers all while frustrated patients and consumers continue to source from outside Connecticut's regulated market due to ongoing quality, pricing, and trust concerns. That's what most of these regulations are about, ultimately, is preserving monopolies in the law. You know. Oh, fucking lutely Yeah, exactly. Now, um, I think, I don't know, I don't know what else to say about that, but I think in the next story, I think we've got something to say, because the DEA response clarifies that psychedelic mushroom spores are actually legal before they germinate. Well, that, I am. I am so sorry. I completely bad podcaster. You. Get the spray bottle. Yeah, uh, all right. I, I I deserve lashes yes. for that. My uh, my finger accidentally um, hit the well, that's clip. That's the after after party, honey. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do so you, if you didn't hear phone boy, he said that the DEA responds clarifies the psychedelic mushroom spores are legal before germination. 
Okay, well, there you go. Now, the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, or the DEA, has made its position on psilocybin and and psilocin, two psychedelic compounds produced by magic mushrooms, fairly clear as states across the U.S. have begun softening regulations on their therapeutic use. Though it may seem contradictory under the current medicinal usage and continued scientific findings showing potential benefits of psilocybin use under the supervision of a therapist, under the Controlled Substances Act, the compounds, like cannabis, are classified as Schedule I substances deeming no currently accepted medical use in treatment in the United States and a lack of accepted, there we go, try to say that, safety for use under medical supervision. Though at the start of 2024, it's 2024 already. Wow, my God. The DEA, uh, it's a drug and chemical evaluation section, uh, uh, Chief uh, Terrence Booz, uh, could not, no, B O O S, not B O O Z E, which, yeah, which I might need some in Studio 33, uh, confirmed that the mushroom spores are the reproductive organ of mushrooms, similar to seeds containing the genetic information needed for new mushrooms to grow and reproduce, are in fact not considered controlled substances under the CSA. The kicker, the spores must not contain psilocybin, psilocin, or any other controlled substances under the CSA. So long as individuals do not actually let spores to germinate, allowing them to eventually grow into fungi containing controlled compounds, the DEA stated they're not classified as controlled substances, according to a response dated January 2nd, 2024, clarifying the status. Now, while this may seem like a given in that spores on their own do not contain forbidden compounds, the DEA confirmation still acts as a pivotal moment pertaining to the broader conversations surrounding natural psychedelics um, with like magic mushrooms. As psilocybin and, 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 and psilocin have increased in mainstream popularity, many have questioned the legality of selling and using spore kits, with some even being convicted for possessing and selling these materials for public use, as noted by Kaida in his report. It's possible that sale of these kits may ramp up as the DEA confirmed its position, though the DEA also did not explicitly state that the sale of spore kits is lawful. Making matters even more complicated, some states explicitly prohibit the sale and use of spores on their own. Now, Kite also noted that the the, the distinction ultimately lies in whether these kits are considered drug paraphernalia, which largely depends on how consumers use spore kits and how sellers market them. Drug paraphernalia includes equipment, product, or material of any kind which is primarily intended for the design and the use of manufacturing or producing a controlled substance. Therefore, marketing a spore kit as a means to grow magic mushrooms or even the act of purchasing a kit with the intent to grow magic mushrooms containing psilocybin or psilocin could cause the seller or the user to be open to prosecution. Kite calls the DEA response a positive clarification of a long-debated issue while cautioning readers around the widespread use and sale of sport kits. At a minimum, buyers and sellers should understand the legal issues with a lawyer and act accordingly. Well, you know. I think that's going to get into fucking um, flea fucking. I really do. Because if you're not actively growing them, if all you do is have the kit, that's really... Gray area. You're really skirting the line there on whether or not there's a law being broken, I think. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, meanwhile, I think it is. Uh, I think we, we, we have an Ohio. The Ohio, the Ohio governor is calling for a ban on intoxicating hemp products, despite, well, anything. This guy's a fucking idiot. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine last week called on state lawmakers to pass legislation to ban hemp products with psychotropic cannabinoids such as Delta-8 THC, saying that the intoxicating products pose a risk to children. 
The legislature reconvenes this month with lawmakers already planning to consider new legislation to regulate recreational marijuana, which was legalized by the state voters in November. The House of Representatives is expected to return to the Ohio State House on Wednesday, two weeks earlier than planned. Uh, the, the reason, which, which 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 I didn't leave in the story, but it was apparently because of some quid, quid pro quo with uh, uh, you know trans you know I don't know uh, uh, paying for transgender children's uh, you know re- sex reassignment surgery. Yeah, we reported on that story that as of twelve years old, you can now make medical decisions. I believe it's in California for yourself. Parents no longer have the right to even know what's going on with your medical care as of the age of 12. And the way I look at that is you have to be a minimum of 16 in order to be emancipated. So if at 12 years old, my child is allowed to make their own medical decisions, then at 12 years old, my child should be legally able to be emancipated. Apparently, that's what the fucking states want anyway. They're trying to take the kids from the parents and wipe the parents' roll out completely. And this is just another example of that. But that has nothing to do with this story. So please, phone boy, continue. Now, Ohio voters legalized recreational marijuana with the passage of Question 2 in the 2023 off-year election. The initiative legalizes cannabis for use by adults and sets the stage for regulated sales of recreational marijuana. The legislature's Republican majority is planning to pass legislation to more closely regulate adult-use cannabis in the state. As, and at a press conference on January 3rd, the Republican governor called on lawmakers to pass legislation banning intoxicating hemp products, including the Delta-8 THC and hemp-derived Delta-9 THC, the cannabinoids largely responsible for the high experienced when smoking marijuana. Now, DeWine and GOP leaders in the legislature had originally hoped to pass a bill restricting some provisions of question two before the initiative went into effect on December 7th. Now, after failing to reach a consensus, however, lawmakers delayed work on the legislation until the new legislative section. A session. Republican Senator Huffman is currently working on a bill to regulate intoxicating hemp products that is based on language contained in the state Senate's proposal to regulate marijuana. Huffman said that he wants to ensure that the legislation is balanced with concerns from the state's hemp retailers who say that a bill that is too restrictive could harm the industry. In his comments last week, DeWine acknowledged Huffman's efforts, noting that it might take a separate hemp cannabinoid regulation bill to pass muster with lawmakers and the state uh, House representatives. Uh, the governor emphasized that the state lawmakers should move quickly on regulating hemp cannabinoids in the interest of protecting children in Ohio. Bullshit. This is complete and utter fucking <clears throat> bullshit. Because this is just another example of states that have decided to fully legalize marijuana and attack the Delta 8 hemp derived high that you're getting. They need to stop this shit. I mean, yes, it's great that they actually listened to the people and legalized it. But what about those? Now play along here. Okay. What about those people like myself who enjoyed being able to get my Delta 8 in Ohio because I couldn't get the real stuff because if I get caught with it, uh, I'm pretty much fucked And being on a tractor trailer, you don't want to have that on you. Just saying. Like, this is just another example of a state that has decided to fully legalize weed and bastardize the hemp growers. And yeah, it is going to hurt the industry. And it's really fucked up. Much like this story of remembering Tusco the elephant that was given the largest ever dose of LSD. Lucy in 
just just know i think i think you should read this story because i can i'm, I'm giving you all a content warning here phoenix ran incoming nope i refuse to read this story for that exact reason because i skimmed this story and chose not to do so for the fact i would lose my shit Okay, well, I'll let you. Lo- I'll, I'll read it to you, and then you can lose your shit. How about that? Uh, for years, the cable industry has a. Oh, you know what? This is okay. This is the wrong. Oh, there's a copy oh, paster. That's funny. You fucked it up because you did this one. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Okay, so I think we're okay. You know so what? I-, I have a question though. Time out because we love leaning into the. Um, yes, I. You know you fucked up. Moments. Yes. Um, I don't know how. It, what I, the fuck story is this? Okay, this that's a, that's that is a. Oh, I, oh yeah. I need. To, I see what this is. Okay, so you know what? No, bust the ball. We're not good. Good. We don't have to fucking cover these dirty <sighs> bastards who gave a massive dose of LSD to this poor fucking elephant who couldn't say no. Fucking shame on them. They uh, should burn in fucking hell. You are gonna cover the story that you actually clipped here. Which is that Cox, the cable company, is trying to distance itself from claims that it spies on users via phones and cable box mics. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what the hell happened here, but I guess this is this is a higher. This suddenly it's became funny a, as fuck. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things. Yeah, we always lean into the mistakes. So for years, the cable co- cable industry has dreamed of a future where they could use your cable box to actively track your your every behavior using cameras and microphones and monetize the data. Yeah, we could we could play the the opening clip could also be the person of this interest intro. Uh, at one point, back, way back in two thousand nine, Comcast made it clear they were they were even interested in using embedded microphones and cameras to monitor the number of people in living rooms and listen in on conversations. Now, more than a decade later, and the cable industry is openly bragging that they've accomplished their vision. No, that, that, that doesn't sound creepy at all. Now, more than a decade later, yeah, okay, so last month, 404 Media reported that Cox Media Group, an extension of Cox Cable, has been happily bragging about its ability to use mics and cameras and smartphones, smart TVs, and other devices to actively monitor users and then use that gathered information for targeted ads. Here's what the company website had to say. What would it mean for your business if you could target potential clients who are actively discussing their need for your services in their day-to-day conversations? No, it's not a Black Mirror episode. It's voice data. And CMG has the capabilities to use it to your business advantage. This is what the CMG website read. As for legality, Cox isn't really worried about it. And then the website says, is this legal? Yes, it's totally legal for phones and devices to listen to you. That's because consumers usually give consent when accepting terms and conditions of software updates or app downloads. Now, the company can't be all that proud of the accomplishment since it deleted the reference to the claim very shortly after the news report emerged. And after a delay, it finally also issued a statement walking back its previous claims. And, and I quote that CMG businesses do not listen to any conversations or have access to anything beyond a third party aggregated anima- and, and anonymized, whatever the fuck that means. I still don't know what that means. And fully encrypted da- data set that can be used for ad placement. We regret any confusion and we are committed. Anonymized? Yes. It me- look, no, 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 honey, honey, honey you're missing no that's no 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 i how do they anonymize it what how do they and is it truly anonymous that's you know that's what the i don't think you can anonymize it in so much as they know who the customer is which automatically takes that statement and makes it bullshit 
Yeah. So the statement isn't particularly clarifying, especially given the repeated studies that have shown that the term anonymization doesn't actually mean anything. It's a term that the market industry often trots out as a get out of jail free card anytime it's accused of serendipitous uh, surveillance. Now, it's as an aside, and I think it's relevant here, the 404 media was launched only a few months ago by motherboard editors fleeing the idiotic vice bankruptcy, highlighting the benefit of having a healthy and functional independent media. And of course, Tech Dirt likes to do that when they when they do these articles. Again, the cable industry has been actively bragging about its interest in using embedded microphones and cameras to listen in and watch living room behaviors in order to sell you things for as long as I've been a rep- as long as you know as long as I've known. And so it wouldn't be surprising if they hadn't implemented some flavor of the idea carefully tailored to tap dance around our flimsy ass existing wiretap and privacy laws. Now, security researchers have found it trivial to also hack Comcast cable remotes or smart televisions from different vendors to listen in on users without their consent. And for years, marketing companies have been using phones to listen in on consumer activity for marketing purposes, often using inaudible tones transmitted by TVs and collected by phones. Now, why wouldn't companies pursue such technologies in a country that's genuinely too corrupt to pass even a baseline privacy law for the internet era? Our regulators generally lack the staff or resources to even come close to policing the privacy issues and abuses already happening every day at scale. And cable and wireless companies have long been at the front of the parade of the companies eager to exploit it. Well, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, they, they, you know, it's funny. They always they write these articles, you know, and, and they and they say, hey, look, you know, I mean, I look at this, oh, this story, you know, that that it's like water is wet, you know, and and you know, and you thinking, and, and you realize that the you know that the, that the you know the money flows into the government, so the government's going to give the business what they want, so the money flows into the government. It's it's you know it's it's, it's disgustingly circular. Yes, exactly. And I realized why that fit into the higher consciousness segment. Because obviously, are you fucking high? They they have to be fucking high to think that they were going to get away with that shit. I'm just saying. Okay, so okay, that was a that's a prelude to our uh, to our back in the napkin segment. But we got we do actually have one more higher consciousness story because, and and, and it's funny because this was a um th- this was a quote unquote conspiracy theory back in the back in the day. Cannabis holds potential to prevent and reduce severity of COVID nineteen while treating long term symptoms. Study finds. I smoke two joints in the morning. I smoke two joints at night. I smoke two joints in the afternoon. That's right. It does make you feel all right, especially if you have COVID-19, because cannabis and its compounds may hold the potential to limit the susceptibility and severity of infection from COVID-19, while also showing promise in the treatment of long COVID symptoms, such as anxiety, depression, and decreased appetite, according to a new study. Now, researchers at the Dalhousie University in Canada carried out a comprehensive review of the scientific literature, publishing their findings about marijuana as a preventative therapeutic in the Journal of Clinical Medicine late last month. The study found that cannabinoids have been shown to prevent viral entry, mitigate oxidative stress, and alleviate the associated cytokine storm of early COVID-19 infections. Now, post SARS-CoV-2 infection, cannabinoids have shown promise in treating symptoms associated with post-acute long COVID-19, including depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress injury, insomnia, pain, and decreased appetite, according to this study. Now, the researchers take into account a long list of existing studies aiming to fill the knowledge gap of how 
endocannabinoid systems modulate or modulation might impact patients in the early and post-infection stages. Prior studies have focused on marijuana as treatment as a treatment option during the acute phase of COVID-19 infection. But cannabis and cannabinoid-based drugs have shown promise in preventing viral entry, acting as an anti-inflammatory agent and improving many symptoms associated with post-acute SARS-CoV-2 infections. Now, the authors noted limitations of the findings, including the lack of cannabis product standardization and possible differences in how cannabinoids affect adults and youth. And during the early months of COVID-19's pandemic, scamdemic as we call it, some cannabis advocates claimed with little evidence that marijuana or CBD could prevent, treat, or even cure the coronavirus infection, a claim many other advocates warned was premature and dangerous. But it wasn't. I've been saying it since the beginning. That, and, and so have people I know that smoke, that this shit lessened or prevented them from getting COVID-19. And I firmly believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. I, I don't know that I remember hearing that, but I, but I also d- doesn't surprise me. I mean, you know, it, it truly does. I mean, it's, it's- I think it's fantastic. They finally said it. That's all I'm saying is it's about fucking time that somebody did a study and actually came out and said, you know what? Smoking weed could actually be a treatment or a preventative for this shit. And what I think is awesome I love the fact that not only can cannabis prevent you from getting this government-created disease, but it can also basically prevent you from being MK Ultra if you smoke it. So go good herb. And on that, we're going to hear from our favorite tech grouch now in the back of the napkin. iPhone, my phone. The way I see it, the only good phone's a landline, and the phone should be made out of Bakelite. It would be now when I would talk about what I'm cooking tonight, but I've basically decided, fuck it. I'm not cooking. I'm not going to be part of the solution tonight. I get to be selfish. Phoneboy and I get to do us on our own. Other people are left to their devices, and that's the way that I like it. So what I'm cooking is not... What to you by Carl's Jr.? Fuck you. I'm eating. Well, that was yeah, a, well, that was a nice whatever. way to do that segment, honey. But uh, thank you. But okay, so now we're into the real. So back of the, you know, so yeah, we kind of used the dual purpose of the back of the napkin because a napkin is something used for in mail. But back of the napkin is also kind of a tech, uh, uh, you know, a, a tech thing. So that's right. And apparently, uh, piracy is surging again because screen, <clears throat> streaming execs ignored the lessons of the past. Downloading films is stealing. If you do it, you will face the consequences. Yeah, uh, I had. I, I, I will admit, I have not ever watched the IT crowd, but that was that was a funny little thing. And I and I when I was because I was looking for something for this uh, for this clip earlier today. Now, um, after several decades of kicking and screaming, studio and music execs somewhere around 2010 finally realized that they needed to offer users affordable access to easy to use online content resources. They finally realized they needed to compete with piracy and focus on consumer satisfaction, where they liked the whether they liked the concept or not. And unsurprisingly, once they learned that pri- lesson, piracy began to 
dramatically decrease. Now, that was until 2021 when piracy rates began to climb slowly upward again in the U.S. and EU. As the Daily Beast notes, users have grown increasingly frustrated at having to hunt and peck through a universe of different, often terrible streaming services just to find a single film or television program. As every last broadcaster, cable company, broadband provider, and tech company got into the streaming, they began to lock down must-watch content behind an ever-shifting number of exclusivity silos across an oceans of sometimes substandard Me Too services. Initially, competition worked, but as the market saturated and the, f- and the most powerful companies started to silo content, those benefits have been muted. Now, users have to hunt and peck between Disney+, Plus, Netflix, Stars, Max, Apple+, Plus, Acorn, Paramount+, Plus, Hulu, Peacock, Amazon Prime, and countless other services in the hopes that a service has has the rights to a particular film or program. When you already pay for five different services, you're not keen to sign up to fucking stars just to watch a single 90s film. And availability is constantly shifting, confusing things even further. Now, mindless mega-mergers have made many streaming services shittier, more expensive, and harder to use. Now, you know, of course, uh, HBO Max is the poster child for this phenomenon. In a bid to please Wall Street, streaming giants have shifted away from trying to make users happy and towards obnoxious nickel-and-diming efforts, whether it's Netflix Pass word sharing crackdown or Amazon's decision to charge users paying $140 a year, even more money every month just to avoid ads that didn't exist previously. As every corporation does eventually, they've shifted from innovative consumer-friendly efforts to lure in new users to obnoxious turf protection efforts focused on steadily exploiting existing users. Now, the underlying problem, as usual, is Wall Street's unyielding, often myopic desire for improved quarterly returns at any cost. It's not enough to provide a high-quality, profitable service that people like. The need for improved quarterly returns ultimately results in companies cannibalizing their own products and brands in order to appease this need for relentless growth, even if it harms longer-term company health. Yeah, I mean, that's, this is the end result is higher prices, layoffs, shittier product quality, worse customer service, weird restrictions, and no limit of new annoyances. It also contributes to an unyielding desire among many executives for mindless consolidation in a bid to hack this broken system, nab some tax breaks, and create the illusion of a meaningful synergistic growth and progress. Again, see Max. Now, Cory Doctorow uh, recently popularized the term for this age-old phenomenon, and it's called in shittification, and it's everywhere you look. It's possible to disrupt this download cycle, this downward cycle, but it involves doing all sorts of things large corporations don't want to do, uh, like reducing insane executive compensation, accepting the antitrust reform, prioritizing customer service, paying creatives, not wasting your money on dumb shit like Netflix's themed restaurants, and maybe taking a small financial hit in order to retain users and maintain product quality. Now, but there's any any there's no indication that, that, that these problems are going to go down, slow down. Consumers are just going to be forced to pay higher and higher pr- rates for an increasingly deteriorating services to the point where piracy is going to become an increasingly alluring value proposition. And when that happens, you can be absolutely indisputable assured that executives will blame absolutely everything but themselves. So there you go. An end shittification. Yes. So this is, you know, the, it, it's funny because, you know, when I when I pull articles from TechDirt, they're written with a certain, uh, there's, a, there's a certain way they're written. And, and it is, you know, the, yeah, the, it's just, this stuff's all shitty, right? And I can tell you that um, we actually do have to have, uh, you know, that, that, that yeah, that it's honestly, at some point, it becomes easier to just say, yeah, you know what, I'll go find a, you know, I'll go find an illegal copy of it. Because if, if it's not on, you know, something that I've already got a subscription on, no, I ain't going to go subscribe to another fucking service. The only reason I use Amazon Prime is because, you know, we use Amazon too much, but that's, but it, but yeah, I don't, it's also the reason why you, well, anyways, yeah. we use a shitload of Amazon. And the other thing we use a shitload of, and if you're not boosting the Lotus effect, like 
Why? What did we do to you? Give us some value for value back. And by the way, here's some Bitcoin. Oh, and you've been served. Not your keys, not your cheese. So, uh, so of course, Brian Krebs uh, uh, brings us the California man who lost $100,000 in a 2021 SIM swapping attack is suing the unknown holder of a cryptocurrency wallet that harbors his stolen funds. The case is thought to be the, fir- the first in which a federal court has recognized the use of information included in a Bitcoin transaction, such as a link to a civil f- claim filed in federal court, is reasonably likely to provide notice of the lawsuit to the defendant. Experts say that the development could make it easier for victims of crypto heists to recover stolen funds funds through the courts without having to wait years for law enforcement to take notice or help. Now, Ryan DeLone, um, a healthcare worker in Fresno, California, asserts thieves stole his Bitcoin on December 14th, 2021, by executing an authorized SIM swap that involved an employee at his mobile phone provider who switched DeLone's uh, phone uh, phone number over to a new device the attackers controlled. DeLone says uh, um, the the crooks then used his phone number to break into his account at Coinbase and siphon roughly hundred thousand dollars worth of cryptocurrencies now coinbase is also named as a defendant in the lawsuit which alleges the company ignored multiple red flags and it should have detected and stopped the theft coinbase did not respond to requests for comment now working with experts who track the flow of funds stolen in cryptocurrency heist Delone, Delone's lawyer ethan mora identified a bitcoin wallet that was his ultimate destination of his client's stolen crypto now mora says his client has since been made aware that the bitcoin address in question is embroiled in an ongoing federal investigation in, into a cryptocurrency theft ring now, Morris says it's unclear if the Bitcoin address that holds his clients the stolen money is being held by the government or by an anonymous hackers. Nevertheless, he's pursuing a novel legal strategy that allows his client to serve notice of the civil suit to the to that Bitcoin address and potentially win a default judgment to seize his client's funds within without knowing the identity of his attackers or anything about the account holder. In a civil lawsuit seeking monetary damages, a default judgment is usually entered on behalf of the plaintiff if the defendant fails to respond to the complaint within a specified time. Assuming that the cyber criminals who stole the money don't dispute the loan's claim, experts say the money could be seized by cryptocurrency exchanges if thieves ever tried to move it or spend it. Now, the U.S. courts have generally held, if you're going to sue someone, you have to provide some kind of meaningful and timely communication about that lawsuit to the defendant in a way that is reasonably likely to provide them notice. Not so long ago, you had to track down your defendant and hire someone to physically serve them with a copy of the court papers. But legal experts say the courts have evolved their thinking in recent years about what constitutes meaningful service and now and now allow a notification via email. On December 14, 2023, a federal judge in the Eastern District of California granted DeLone's permission to serve notice of his lawsuit directly to the suspected hacker's Bitcoin address using a short message that was attra- uh, attacked, attached to roughly $100 worth of Bitcoin Mora sent to, that, to the address. Now, Bitcoin transactions are public record, and each transaction can be sent along with an optional short message. You know, we, this is where the boostergrams come in, actually. Uh, the message uses what's known as an OP return or an instruction of the Bitcoin scripting language that allows users to attach metadata to a transaction and this save on the blockchain. In the $100 Bitcoin uh, transaction, Morris sends summons uh, s- sent to the disputed Bitcoin address, the OP return message, uh, uh, summons complaint, you know, da, 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 and, and which is which is a short link to a copy of the lawsuit hosted on Google Drive. Now, the courts are adapting to the new style of process, said Mark Resch, a former federal prosecutor at the U.S. Department of Justice, and that's helpful and useful and necessary. Well, uh, that's pretty brilliant on a way to serve somebody. <clears throat> Yes. So there you go. So there you go. But uh, yeah, this is, I don't know, kind of boggles the mind. Yes. Use the technology the way it can be used. I, th- I think. Well, it's- you know, I think it's finally a healthy way. We're seeing, and I can't, if 
fucking Bemrose was in the chat, he'd be roasting me as a fucking government bootlicker. But I think it's definitely a semi-appropriate way to be using the technology that we have. It's about time that there's a little bit of get back on the shitheads who are trying to get one over on the rest of us. And, I mean, we've said it before, we'll say it again, that the world is truly a dumpster fire that is burning and we're living in idiocracy. Humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage, which had been stacked for centuries. Yeah, well, so there's garbage falling out of the sky. So, so we've got well, we've actually that, got three stories here, right? We do. Yeah. And, you know, the first one is about a near disaster for a Boeing 737 MAX. The bombs you feel are asteroids smashing into the hull of this ship. Also, we're flying without a navigational system and can't oh, seem to change exciting. course. Miss, are you telling us absolutely everything? Not exactly. We're also out of coffee. Yeah, so last week, a hole opened up in the fuselage of a brand new Alaska Air Boeing 737 MAX. The, plan, the, the, the plane, the plane, the plane, the plan. Yeah, the, you can see how well the pre-fruiting is on this. The pre-fruiting, the pre-fruiting. Wow. wow. Okay, so anyway, the plane had taken off from Portland and reached 16,000 feet before returning to the airport. Fortunately, no one was sitting in the seat where the hole opened up, and everyone survived the ensuing emergency landing. After the crashes of Boeing 737 MAXs, Lion Air Flight 610, and Ethiopian Airlines Flight 302, disturbing details emerged from internal emails at Boeing. Investigations into the development of the 737 MAX following the fatal crashes in Indonesia in October of 2018 and in Ethiopia in March of 2018 suggested the company increasingly cut corners to save money in ways that may have sacrificed safety. One example of that cost cutting is the 737 MAX itself. As the Financial Times detailed at the time, rather than take the time to build an all-new plane designed to handle the larger, more fuel-efficient engines, Boeing retrofitted 737s to hold the new engines in position that caused the noise of the airplane to tend to rotate up the, I'm sorry, the nose of the airplane to tend to rotate upward, risking stalls. Boeing then added a software fix, the MCAS, Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System, to push the plane's nose downward to avoid stalls. The FT went on to suggest in that article that regulatory capture may have been behind the FAA's somewhat lax oversight of this. Another example of Boeing's cost-cutting was it moving manufacturing to South Carolina via the intercession of former South Carolina... Yeah, sorry. Um, via the intercession of formula, former South Carolina governor and later Boeing director Nikki Haley, which doesn't have Washington State's tradition of aerospace manufacturing, but does have a reputation for cheap labor. As the New York Times reported, after the 737 MAX crashes, the South Carolina factory received a number of customer complaints about manufacturing quality, which led to increased federal oversight. A third example of Boeing putting cost-cutting ahead of safety was its decision to outsource some of the development of the 737 MAX's MCAS software to 
contractors earning as little as $9 an hour. That's a fucking outrage. Yeah, of course. So we, when we uh, take this, we, and this has been a developing story, which is why we've kind of got a couple of different things in here. But uh, then meanwhile, we get a report that United finds loose bolts on 737 Max stores after emergency inspection. Apparently he was sick on lug nut day. That's right. Apparently whoever was supposed to be tightening those bolts was sick on the day when he learned about that. And to make matters worse, sources tell the aviation blog The Air Current that loose bolts and other parts on 737 MAX 9 plug doors have been found after inspections following the Alaska Airlines mid-air mishap when the door ripped off the plane over Portland. And the... Decrepit bolts and other parts on the plug doors have been found on at least de- five. De- de- decrepit? Yeah. No, discrepant. Oh, I'm sorry. De- I'm blind, too. <laughs> sorry about that. The discrepant bolts and other parts on the plug doors have been found on at least five aircrafts, according to the source. The air current noted the findings aboard the five United aircraft will likely significantly widen the fallout from the grounding, intensifying the focus on Boeing and Spirit Aerosystems. The pair together is responsible for the assembly, installation, and quality checks of the aircraft structure. Okay, hey, wait a minute. So I heard I heard Spirit Aerosystems. I wonder if it's I wonder if they have something to do with Spirit Airlines, which that we, was which exactly we, what we I was thinking when I read that. Exactly. Now, now a United spokesperson confirmed the findings, and there are 215 737 MAX 9s in service across 11 major airlines. And meanwhile, the National Transportation Safety Board Chair Jennifer Hammondy said cockpit recording data on the Alaska Airlines Boeing 737 MAX 9 jet, which lost a fuselage panel that triggered a sudden decompression event near Portland on Friday, won't be retrieved because the data was erased. Oh, gee. Show of hands, who's surprised that the data just, oopsie, happened to have been erased? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, and I meanwhile, um, what what is actually surprising surprising is that this iPhone fell out of an Ala- that that exact flight. Now, game designer Sean Bates found an iPhone in a bush on Sunday that had fallen from Alaska Airlines Flight 1282 when it lost a part of its fuselage shortly after takeoff. The phone was undamaged, still on, and had the end of a sheared-off charging cable plugged in. Bates posted pictures of his discovery that afternoon, one of which included the screen showing a still-open email with a baggage receipt. Now, the phone fell out of the plane when, just a few minutes after takeoff, the Boeing 737 MAX 9 explosively decompressed, sending a fuselage plug flying off the plane forcing it to turn around and make an emergency landing in Portland International Airport, which where it had originally taken off. The National Transportation Safety Board confirmed during a Sunday briefing that two phones were recovered after falling from the Boeing 737 MAX 9. One was found on the side of the road and another in a yard. In addition, a Portland school teacher found the fuselage plug uh, itself intact in their backyard. Um, but how could the phone still be intact? Now, that's good. That's a good question. Now, terminal velocity explains it in part, as as does stopping or negative acceleration. And Wired published a story in 2011 after an iPhone 4 dropped a thousand feet from a plane and survived. 
As Wired wrote, when an object is falling, it eventually meets meets its terminal velocity. And something you learn in physics, it's the maximum speed it can reach before the resistance of the medium is it's falling through. In this case, air counteracts gravity. So, yeah, it's 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 only going to go so fast before it, you know. But if it's and if it lands in you know soft dirt somewhere, it's uh, you know it might still survive. But um, I'm, I'm you know I bet it's Apple's going to turn that into a fucking. Uh, I, I was going to say that Apple can turn that into a great marketing point on our phones are so durable they even survive being sucked out of an airplane yeah well meanwhile i think uh, i don't I, I think we need to move on to the next story but that means going to our dishonorable mention uh, section y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates and uh, you know we we have hospital errors that, that also hospital diagnostic errors send nearly one in four patients to the ictu according to a study oh is someone not feeling well your illness is very important to us Next. Welcome to the Helpmaster Inferno, powered uh, by Pure Me Technology. This goes in your mouth. This one goes in your ear. And this one goes in your butt. Okay, so in the cohort study published, uh, conducted by a team from UC San Francisco and the University of Colorado School of Medicine, it was found that 23% of patients either received incorrect diagnoses or experienced delays in diagnosis. And of these cases, 17% resulted in temporary or permanent harm to the patient. Uh, that's pretty, that's actually, uh, that's pretty bad, right? Uh, you know, it didn't go into, you know, the, the story didn't really have much more to say than that, as far as I could tell. It was, that was just, just kind of the headline. But, I mean, is anybody surprised at what they're you know they're basically either not you know they're you know all the places are overstaffed they're certain you know they're, they're just they're just pumping out the pharma and you know and people are sick and getting the wrong pharma not getting enough pharma and uh, you know not being told to get off the pharma you know well you know of course literally hospitals are just human stockyards yes and we're all livestock so um we are yes and meanwhile we get then we also have this high-tech sex toy that vibes with music i found this really interesting that dildo's not right. Yeah. So every once in a while, you'll turn a corner on the CES show floor, and I'm actually surprised the Consumer Electronics Show is still a thing. And we see crowds flocking around a high-tech sex toy. Now, this year, one that caught uh, the, 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 the reporter's eye here was the Handy, an automated masturbator, uh, mainly because it was moving in a way that I don't expect to see in polite company, let alone on a public show floor. Uh, but right next to it was the O, a $149.95 toy coming later that this spring that also had me saying, Oh, now both sex toys are made by Norwegian sex tech company Odoki. The, the handy, a motorized device that moves up and down to mimic masturbation for people with penises is certainly with people with penises, people with penises. <laughs> we can't even fucking say men. We have to say people with penises. You fucking sick people. All right. I didn't expect that when I was reading this, but I'm, but I think it's, um, so it is, but I didn't, and I, you think I would have said that it's what, okay. So, okay. So, and it is okay. The, the, we, okay. So let me, I'm trying to figure out where I lost this place in the store, but so most vibrators, <laughs> did you take the thing out of the fucking story, Eddie? You did I what? No, but I'm going, but Okay, so no, that wasn't why I was laughing hysterically. Why I was laughing hysterically is you went on that rant, and three separate people, including myself, hit isobuff for that. Oh my god, I wasn't expecting that. It's just 
people with penises. It's, it's anyway. There we go. I was trying to figure out the people with penises. I think I have to write that down. With a... <laughs> that was one of the most beautiful phone boy uh, rants. Okay, but so here's okay, the but thing. No, no, wait, wait, wait a minute. I gotta, I gotta go one step further. Go. People with penises. They have more than one. There are people with more than one of these things. I mean, come yes. On. There's actually a category of porn dedicated to it. You've never seen the two dick man. Oh my good lord! Okay, I know that's the let, after, let me, after after yeah, party. Let me but get, okay, let I, me get through no. this fucking story. I, I, this is now at a glance the O is unassuming as far as vibrators go. Now what makes it different is how it vibrates. Now most vibrators are simple unbalanced uh, motors attached to circuit boards and batteries encased in a cylinder. Instead the O uses the same linear resonant uh, actuator motor as a PlayStation controller. Now LRA motors work similarly to how speakers create sound waves and are ideal for creating happy feedback. Now, this enables the user to control both the frequency and the amplitude of the vibrators, of the vibrations. Now, the frequency recurs to how fast the O vibrates while amplitude controls the intensity. That means instead of preset patterns, you can create your own custom vibrations along these two dimensions. And of course, I just have to say, wait, I just have to say it. It gives new precedent to that fucking video game. It, it, oh, which one are we talking about? Oh my God, phone boy, get the joke. We're talking about a fucking video game controller and a sex toy. Yeah. That fucking video uh, game. Yeah. Man, if I have to explain the joke, it ain't funny. Move on. All right. And the problem, and of course it has an app, right? And APIs. Oh boy, this thing's going to get hacked and you know, it's going to be. Okay, wait, no, get- I gotta have, a, I gotta have a weigh in on this actually. Okay. Um, the Wii vibe has an app and you can customize its vibration. You can. Um, set it to music patterns. This is not the first adult sex toy. Like, as if there's kids' sex toys? What the fuck? No. This is not the first sex toy we're seeing that you can program it to go with the beat of the music. And if that's what gets you off, quite literally, double entendre meant, then more power to you. But um, if if you need a toy to mimic Jack in your cock, dude, you're lonely. Get a girlfriend. Oh, my. Well, you know what? I, I, I'm seriously I'm so fucking over this. I've fucking enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, I hope you did. Well, it's, this is. Uh, I know we did. They ever did. And so I think, uh, yeah, I think this is I think this is the end of the show. And I got it. And I think I got it in at just under three hours. Not bad. Man. Um, but uh, I know I do know the end. I do know that the end of the show uh, goes something like this. Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. And if you listened to that entire show, ugh. Fucking embarrassing! Fucking A, let's quit the swearing.